If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Softweb Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Army Ranger and Green Beret, Jack Murphy. Good riddance. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. Marine Scout Sniper, Jason Delgado. It's just something we're believing. I associate that with taste buds. I like freaking chocolate chip mint. Why is his flavor boring? Because his whole life is boring. But whatever. And now, here's your co-host and producer of this operation, Ian Scottell. Sets because they make me feel a lot more important than I am. Yeah, you're a very important guy, <laughs> dude. If you're not important, I don't know who the hell is, bro. I, I would agree <laughs> on that. So, softrep.com on time on target. Jason Delgado in studio with me. I'm Ian Scotto, and of course, SEAL Team Six, Robert O'Neill, author of The Operator. Thank it you for awesome having me back, back. and I appreciate that. Thanks Absolutely. for coming. Absolutely. It's great to be here. It's great to meet you in I person, know, finally. I, hey, don't worry about me. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm just facilitating over here. You, however, <laughs> you're in music videos, motherfucker. Yeah, we just we just made one. Uh, Tim Montana and the Shredders. I know. That's I wasn't video. driving around in that Phantom. That was that, fun. That we, had, we had a buddy down there. We didn't really have a, a schedule. Um, we were just going to make a video. We had a... A friend lent us uh, the car. Another friend lent us the uh, that that mansion and the the yacht. Wait a minute. So you didn't rent none of this. This was like no. These are to be honest. The guy that had the uh, that mansion. The was mansion. Pimped. His name is Sean. He's a former uh, SF guy, and now he's a, obviously some big contracts. And, Sean, uh, <laughs> if you're out there, you need to come on the show and, and we need to hook up. He's a good dude, and he let us use that in his yacht, and and uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. We had Street Bike Tommy from Travis Pastrana's group. No he was, shit. He was the, the bad guy in the black suit. And we um, we didn't have a plan for the thing. We knew we'd, we'd steal uh, David's Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. And like, what is the first thing you do? You know, we'll go to a gun range. They'll think it's a, for some reason, they think there's a valet at a gun range. And the first <laughs> thing Tim Montana, who's a redneck, does when you obviously when you steal a Rolls Royce, you go right to Checker Burger. Get, a, get some burgers, which we paid for those. And then, you know, we found some, we're trying to wipe our faces off. There's some cash in the thing. And we found an invitation to a party. And there was all kinds of Dude. stuff. It was fun. I mean, it, it was funny, though, because my buddy Tim Montana, who wrote the song, he said, yeah, I want you to come down and, and get a cameo in my video. I didn't know I was going to star in the whole fucking thing. And I thought he, it was awesome. But, like, we, we shot for 72 hours to get three minutes. 
Dude, so, that's it? 72 hours? Yeah, that's yeah. not bad at well, all. Well, for three-minute video. That seemed like a pretty badass weekend. That was a cool weekend. It was all a lot right. of fun. A lot of great people. Uh, Tim's doing well. Um, uh, was that martini glass full of pool water or you, you reversed it? It wasn't. Well, I, I, on the, <laughs> no, I went on the way down. I finished it, and I figured I could fill it up and look like a martini. Oh, uh, good. I, I was hoping. So I was like, ew, he's oh, nasty. Drink we pool were, water. We were, <laughs> we were, oh, I did a little sip. Whatever. It's not the worst thing. I've been to Afghanistan. I'm sure you choked on pool water before. Fucking seal. So we, yeah, real. So we, um, and then my buddy Kyle was a guy I tackled into the pool, and that was a 15 to 20 foot fall. So I said, get the drones ready and the cameraman ready because we're doing this once. Whoa. Because I'm going to turn and, and take the brunt. It's going to suck, but I'm not doing this twice. And uh, so we did, and it's, yeah, it was fun. So it's a. Uh, where, where can people video. check out this music video? I'll have to link to it. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of where we got it. It is on... Just it, YouTube it. Well, I did the video? same thing. You know, Hill, Hillbilly Rich. Hillbilly Rich is the name okay. of the song. Tim Montana. TimMontana.com <clears throat> will probably have it. YouTube actually got pissed and suspended it because we were shooting AR-15s. Dude. They said it was it was frightening or shocking that we for two seconds the, they've it's, got at a range. It, it is it has been a war on manhood on social media for the last couple of months. Facebook has been taking down advertisements from SoftRep, from guys like uh, from guys like um, um, uh, O'Malley with SoftRep TV. He's coming on soon. Um, they've been you know crazy. messing with them like it. Literally, this is just stuff that displays. Um, manhood or guns or yeah, cursing yeah, they're and basically fighting. discouraging things from being seen that are you know that that are displaying if, I mean manhood. If, if we're at a point where you're shooting a semi-automatic rifle with eye protection ear protection a navy seal <laughs> and, safe, two, and two RSOs yeah and we're all down range and, and that's not good enough for you and shit Tim Montana's from Montana he's probably shot more than I have like we're just shooting a few rounds down range how's it shocking uh, but TimMontana.com something like that uh, just you, you can find it but it's, a, it's an awesome video but you could probably have music if videos like, of like people doing Percocet and Molly and that, <laughs> maybe, yeah, we, could play, maybe we could play the song on the intro well, yeah, probably. Matter of fact, we just did. Now you can get Now you can get the song on iTunes for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw the video summary. YouTube did have it had a, had a million views or whatever, something like that. It could be That's full pretty shit, good, man. I mean, if you like guns and Rolls Royces and and limos and helicopters <laughs> and pussies and, I mean. No, did I say pussies or no? Don't no, worry about you it. Can we say know whatever what you, you want on here. Snatch. <laughs> yeah, you like snatch. Yeah, you like snatch guys. But yeah, the video, the video was a blast. He actually played my wedding. No shit. Yeah, Tim did. He wrote a wedding song that will be his number one. He actually sent it to my my. Now, why it's not? You're he the had, only ones that heard it so he, far. He sent it to us and said, "You were not releasing this until everyone will play Holy it for their crap. wedding song." So he did, and it's, it'll come out soon. That'll be his big one. It's good. So we had you on, on you know, during the summer, really, with Brandon yes. to talk about the book when it came out, The Operator, which is still like number one on number Amazon one. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm number twenty uh, today. Hey, all good. <laughs> uh, but I know that you know you recently read the book, Jason, and you've Dude, been raving about it ever since. My Thanksgiving weekend has been consumed with this book, and let me tell you, I wouldn't have spent it doing anything else. And I just want to say this to Rob right now. Dude, you're way too fucking humble, bro. You're a bad motherfucker, man. Dude, just reading his book and watching his path as far as leaving, you know, his small town, joining the Navy, going straight into buds. Like he that you you manifested your own destiny within your mind and executed it like perfectly. Well, that's the whole point of the book, too, is exactly what you just said there, Jason, is that it's it's in your mind. The first thing to go is your mind. And try and do anything in life, anything you're trying to do, you start doubting yourself or mm -hmm. believe. We were just talking about this. For the, start believing the haters and negativity, yeah. you're fucked. Stay, stay, stay. You can convince your body through your mind to do anything you want. And that's what I did. You know, just a, it's just a, one of the things where I, I joined the Navy because I tried to join the Marine Corps and I got suckered into buds yeah. not knowing how to swim. But just getting there, following 
what you know what I think should be done and remembering the people who told me I couldn't make it. And it was just, you know, and just getting there, meeting the people, you know, meeting the brotherhood and then getting to a SEAL team, meeting the older guys, watching them and then and then just traveling the world and then 9-11 and then, well, I'm not leaving. Then, then just randomly running into a guy from SEAL Team 6 at the PX who was giving me a mean mug. I'm like, well, if he's so fucking cool, I got to go find out what he's doing. So I go over there and just stay in positive. Keep moving forward. You're going to fall down. Get up. What are you going to do about it? You're going to have a bad day. There'll be a day in CQB training, which is the hardest part of selection. Yeah, it's it's well, very technical. You're a lot having, of people don't having, realize. You're having yeah. the day of your life. One flyer in a CQB course is rap. You're getting counseled <laughs> and you're probably getting yeah. kicked out the house that day. They that's will, no they, good. They will, yeah, there, there are guys mm. that... Fucked up one time. No, and that's a flyer. Sense. That's just off paper, but still on the trap. Nope. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's still, uh, it's yeah, still no, safe. This is terrible. It would, it would be good in a country music video. Yeah, but <laughs> not in, not not in not a shoe house. house. No, yeah, no. yeah. You didn't shoot that fucking tee box and that triangle. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. This is on the edge of the paper. You need to pack your shit and get the fuck out of here. But it is, you know, it's, it's a lot, lot of, lot of, it's obviously a lot of physical stuff, but it's a lot of mental toughness and, and dealing with animosity, dealing with adversity. But realizing, like, when you go to bed at night, tomorrow's a brand new day. And regardless, and, and uh, you, you might have a bad day or even a couple bad days in a row. Don't let it get in your head. I think, like, you broke it down was live, uh, live evolution to evolution. Kind of like, okay, live meal next to, to lunch. That's it. You know, live, yeah. live until lunch. Live until dinner. Yes. You know, just survive until then. Just get, get through it, you know. And I, I call it, in my world, I call it zombie mode. Mm-hmm. And that's just head down, one foot in front of the other. You have no other choice. You have to go through it. Well, yeah, even even in even in the book when we, because everyone had been asking. I mean, since Vietnam, why we why we have Hell Week? Why do we have Hell Week? And then we, my first mission with Red Squadron, we we're three days awake looking for the lone survivor and Matt Axis, and we didn't know and the crash site, and looking around on the mountain like if we wanted to quit, where the fuck are we gonna go? And then the we're irony here. of that. Not the irony of the Hell Week, uh, you know, um, resembling real life scenarios. The irony of that scenario, that situation you went in when you went out to try to secure the crash site. And it took you guys so fucking long that eventually... They cleared getting guys. They cleared guys landing exactly at the crash yeah, site. Yeah, they, they by started the time you got there. It was 10, 12 hours into our hike. But it wasn't a waste. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, well, it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't a waste because one, you guys were there, but two, had nothing happened. You were the only. We were the, you were the only, only contingency. That's why we were redundant. Eventually, once and the we fact realized, you answered that, the fact you guys said, oh, you yeah, know what? What was it? Ten fucking? Well, how far? With ten hours of, of hiking? Straight up, we we hiked in, in the Konar province from I think dude. Just under I don't 2, think these people realize these fucking and mountains. mountains are, they're dude, crazy. how many? I, dude, I, I grew up I did, Montana. I've I did mountain training like and I caught like six no, asthma attacks no. on like go, climbing up like eleven fifteen. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> my my one one. Uh, uh, I don't know, not judgment, but complaint maybe about the movie Lone Survivor is that when the actors, the stuntmen were jumping down the cliffs, they weren't steep enough. Yeah. That's the, the, I mean, it wasn't I, that cliff-like. Was, that was some serious yeah. New Mexico stuff. But the, the Afghanistan, I, I wish everyone could fly over the Korangal Valley just to take a look. Dude, you were talking about that Crazy. one Afghani that took the fucking RPG to his back and like fucking fell down the mountain. And then got back up and gave you the. Oh, okay. Hey, okay. He couldn't okay, speak America. English, so he, he yelled, <laughs> okay. "Okay, USA!" And then when we got back, because he and because I mean, you meet the <laughs> with the worst people in the world, but the best people in the world. He, when he got blown up and his hat flew off, I remember saying, "You know, if we live through this, I'm going to sneak." Hold on, hold on. For those of you guys who haven't read the book, let me give you a little uh, a little uh, backstory here. So this is one of the uh, the Afghani's uh, SF cats that were, were training with them. Or not training. They were working with them. They were executing this mission. And, you know, these guys, he alluded to being very on point, 
you know, considering mm-hmm. from the average yes. uh, Afghani yeah. uh, soldiers. So they were working together. And while they were just pinned down by this overwhelming enemy force that was coming from a checkpoint. That yeah, you and they guys were on the up. high ground, so they were above And us. they were maneuvering very yeah. technically and tactically. Yeah, they were trained. Well, because they were, they were they, well-trained. They, they, yeah. they were Taliban and, uh, and, and Pakistani. And you also alluded to that one Chechen. We'll get oh, to him in Chechen a minute too, because yeah. I ran into something like yeah, that in yeah. Iraq as well. And you know you're in a serious fight when you run Yeah, into when you dudes. see a big diesel white dude yeah, with red yeah. hair. And, like and, one, yeah, and with the other team, you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, this is some serious shit. It's almost shit. like, hey, man, you might want to get on this team. Yeah, <laughs> hey, bro, I don't know if you know you're on the right side, but you're right. Um, so that's who this guy is. And while he was you know, pinned down and looking around, <laughs> he see this guy <laughs> literally eat an RPG to the back. His backpack. His yeah. backpack. <laughs> Blew everything up. And uh, he flew down the mountain, and that was the first guy to get hit. And I was like, okay, we just lost our first guy. We're not leaving him here. We're going to get out. And the guy turned around. His hat was off, and he looked at me, and all he said was, okay, USA. <laughs> and everyone's kind of like, okay, I guess we know what he means. And he lost his hat, and so the fight ensued. We ended up getting Air Force air support. We bombed Pakistan for a, a while. And that was actually funny, too, because the first jet to show up was a B-1. And he was at, uh, he dropped. My, my radio guy, Tony, said, all right, bomb's away two minutes out. And we're like, what? <laughs> Why two <laughs> minutes? I, I've got, I've got a thousand skydives. <laughs> we, yeah, this is, what is it, space shuttle dropping this thing? <laughs> and it, it was a B-1 at like 50,000 feet. And so he just dropped three JDAMs and a, and a 500-pounder right behind it. Dude, and amazing. so then he ended up bombing him for a while until he went he went bingo. He had to leave out of fuel. Yeah. And when he left, an F-15 showed up. And, and I always make the difference that the... The distinction between an F, uh, like a B-1 bomber is flown by a colonel, a, a senior mm-hmm. officer, distinguished, and an F-18 is like a 25-year-old, 26-year-old badass, like from Ohio. That wants Psycho. To throw, <laughs> punch somebody. So he showed up, and he's, he's in his formation or whatever, and he knew we'd been in a fight for a while, and in order to get rid of the technicalities, instead of going through all the shit, he said, just talk to me like I'm a man. <laughs> and my response was, I see, wh- I, see, like I see why women find you attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of so we had immediate rapport, if you will. Yeah. And, and so we get so we finish the fight, and then we fly out. And as we're taking off, we had a, you know we had a couple other Americans there, SF, and then a couple Afghanis. We're taking off. I'm in the, the rear uh, Blackhawk, and as we're leaving, I saw the uh, the battlefield for the first time. Like we'd been bombing Pakistan for four hours, three hours, and I'm like, wow, this is. We just bombed Pakistan. This is an international incident. But it, the lines get blurred. Yeah. A lot of these oh, yeah. borders, they're not marked. No, you no, know, no, no, it's it like you don't know. All you know is someone's trying to kill you over there and you're over here. I don't care about yeah. any invisible lines. It's going down. Oh, it was, it was. And then we, yeah. we finally got back, and, and that was, you know, we, yeah, we, we you had told the me video. What you went we knew the mm-hmm. 10K. If, if we got hit and we had positive identification and uh, were troops in contact. But like the but I got, went to that Afghan dude and I told him I'm gonna get you a drink because I know some agency dudes. <laughs> yeah. And I walked up and offered him when he said he's good he's a good Muslim I don't want to drink but can you get me a new hat because it was it was Fuck it yeah. was blown off when that fucking RPG like I get you a pocket. half every day yeah. in a week, bro. <laughs> you are something yeah, else. That was awesome though. That was a hell of a fight. All right, guys. Before we continue. Uh, I am just jumping in here to tell you all about shaving with Harry's. You hear me talk about Harry's on Soft Rep Radio all the time because they're putting out some really awesome quality products. Case in point, this limited edition set that they're doing, which is a special offer for our listeners. Uh, believe it or not, we do have a lot of female listeners. I've noticed, you know, in the comments section who check this out, I think a lot of them getting that glimpse into the special operations world, which is pretty cool. So if there's a guy in your life that you're looking for 
the right gift. They're impossible to find one for. This really is it, the limited edition set from Harry's. Uh, You already know that Harry's makes amazing quality products at a super reasonable price. Harry's is a company that guys love. Over 3 million guys, in fact, have switched Uh, And with these limited edition sets, you can personalize it. They actually have limited edition holiday colors as well. Pretty cool. And a personal engraving option. This holiday, Harry's is offering custom and limited edition shaving sets that make perfect gifts. Sets come with German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave. Foaming shave gel that smells amazing a special limited edition winter chrome and emerald green handle, uh, and you can personalize it with engraving. No matter what you're looking for, Harry's has you covered. Sets come ready to gift in beautifully designed gift boxes. They start at just $10. They make for great stocking stuffers. You can even get something for yourself with Harry's. There's a special offer for fans. We've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off your order when you go to harrys.com slash soft rep this offer is only available for the holidays this holiday give harry's and give handsome get your holiday shopping done early and take advantage of free shipping to get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last go to harrys.com slash soft rep right now that's harrys.com slash soft rep and now back to rob o'neill Dude, let me tell you, some of these uh, Arabics, man, they're hard to kill. That, what, that, they are hard invincible. to kill. I some mean, I remember shooting a guy, and a bullet went through his lung, like into his armpit, in through his lung, and then came out somewhere in his back. And this fucking guy sat down on a curb and started smoking a cigarette until we, wo- well, well, we yeah, rolled well, up on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the whole time I'm thinking, <laughs> I just shy you. how bad is this dude, did man? I, did I mention in the book, I don't know, about the guy I shot in the head that lived? No, I don't... I, there's a that. story. Is this a Rob O'Neill exclusive. There, for, uh, this might Soft be Rep exclusive on, on on Software because we were nice. creeping up on a house. This guy's in a. He's kind of in a. In a this, I'm not making this up. He's in a position like he's maneuvering, but we have night vision. He can't see it. He can't see us, but we can see him. And he's going for his gun, and he's next to a woman. I got to take a shot, so I took a shot, hit him in the head. He stood up, and he ran right to our PJ. And I don't know how he bullet in the head. Yeah, it, it, it hit here, and it came right around, and it uh. stuck in his shoulder. And then I remember thinking, you know, obviously he <laughs> freaked you out. But I'm like, if anyone deserves to live tonight, this guy does. Oh, yeah. He just took, he just took, and that's a hollow point. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of, um, if that's not in the it? book, that is an exclusive. <laughs> it reminds nice. me of Apocalypse <laughs> Now. Remember when they're on the beach uh, with the cavalry coming in oh, yeah. and uh, one of the uh, VC guys are there with his guts hanging out and he's like, this dirty VC want water. I say he could drink patty water. And the colonel's like, any VC tough enough to fight me is tough enough to drink water. <laughs> that's, Dude. Right, that's true. Dude, you got to respect some well, of these that's what fucking we're saying. guys. There man. are stories like that. We were talking about this again. That a lot of people don't know that there there are there's stuff. That, not everything's a perfect shot, and a perfect kill, and a perfect weird like the, just a will to live on some people. You see it, and it's there. And it's, it wars a lot different in person. But I, I also think they bred for that kind of shit, like menta- mentality wise. Well, like, the Afghans, the they're Afghans just, war, but, but even Iraqis, is, I think you know, Iraqis, so, well, some of them, I don't some know. of them. I, I, I think more, more of more the guys that committed. Taliban. Afghanistan ain't no joke. Let me tell yeah. you, I've been to both places, yeah, and I think by far, 
I, I, Iraq has been tough for me at some points, but Afghanistan you, is a meat grinder. You've for run into some of those a, dudes a lot that, of guys. That, that cut their teeth out to get to Iraq. A lot of the foreign fighters, but some of the locals, I wasn't. I mean, whatever. And they're fighting against us, and we're we're, we're hard to fight. But some of the Taliban. I mean, they grew up fighting, and they're they're. We were running outstations in Afghanistan in Jalalabad, where you can't, you can't an outstation like we live yeah. bought a safe house. And you, Pay, pay for security and you shop in the bazaars and you help the Which economy. was how good was your security? That was, be, well, I it was be okay, but this is back before we became occupiers. Mm-hmm. So we're doing, but like we would interview for security and we'd have like a 55 year old dude with a big red and gray beard. And then he's, I mean, he's and, telling you whatever. Well, he's and, made, yeah, he, yeah. Fought, he fought the Russians with, with the jihad. I'm like, cool, how old are you? He's like 22. I was like, you don't even know how old you are, dude. <laughs> but, but they've been fighting forever. Yeah. And he got no teeth because they were pulled out with pliers. Of course, there shit. are guys over there that look seventy <laughs> that are they're twenty. So who knows, dude? I mean, we work with some guys that have some like phenomenal stories of like fighting the Iranians and stuff. And it's just like, what happened to you? Holy crap! And you're still in the long, fight. They've been fighting a long time. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you interviewed someone that fought Alexander the Great. Yeah, well, there yeah, I got it. Been fighting that long, and we the, and the then you know lineage. and the audacity of us, you know, we still employ these guys to like fucking work drop arms at a fucking compound in Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, when this guy was out killing fucking Russians in the mountain. <laughs> I wish we could just tell a lot of the, the voting public that we're not going to instill democracy in Afghanistan. It's not going to happen. I don't we think... We might want to start with like running water. They're not used to that. No. They're not used to any of that. They want, their, va- they want their valleys. What they, I am they, starting they to their, see, though... Their, their village and their... They want yeah. Their, they want what they want. They want their farmland to work. They want their simplicity. And they just don't want us there. Yeah. I, I feel like that's been a connecting theme on the podcast, too. It's just you're not going to install a no. Jeffersonian democracy... No. In a Middle Eastern country well, you or a Muslim that country. Their, their, their tribes were around a thousand years before Jefferson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to go over there and, like, I remember after the Latrell, when we're going after Latrell in the middle of it, when the Marines brought that famous note that Latrell wrote and he gave it to some of the guys. And, well, we were there for that. And he brought that dude in. And we're trying to sh- show him a map of his village. Saying, and he didn't know. He didn't know what yeah. a map was. So we thought it's a good idea. We'll just open the laptop and show him Falcon View because he's definitely going to... That's definitely... We might have showed him the face of Muhammad himself. This guy just... And we're like, fuck it. We're going to cuff him and walk him in. I don't know. Which, you know, it's one of those crazy things because both of you guys being in combat, you know, you being the man who killed Bin Laden, it's like, what is the end game if it's not nation building, which is what we've been told is the end game in these countries? I think you alluded to that in the end of your book. And this is... And, and and I think that was so deep, Ian, because the way he he explained when you came to that moment of realization that you were about to pop smoke and get out, mm-hmm. when you realize everything you've done in these countries up to this point, which you thought was a race to the top, and once you got to the fucking top, destroyed the top, this man right here, now you're back operating again, and you're going after what you what they were labeled as at that time and HVTs, they were saying HVTs, which is not the when case. to you it was like. Well, get, get Bitch, anybody that. less than... Yeah, well, go ahead. Okay, so, so my last mission in Afghanistan... Like, Bin Laden wasn't the last guy I shot with that gun. The last guy I shot with the gun was an HVT, who probably no one gave a shit about except the intel guy that thinks he found him because he's staying up 18 mm-hmm. hours a day in the talk, right? Um, we And it was actually a cool lot because we actually got to do my, my, ver- my one and only uh, L ambush. I've, you know, we'd all train wow. one and all. That's like old school as hell. I know. <laughs> and that's how we set it up. Even when we tried to explain it to the, 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 the I'm not going to badmouth anybody, mm-hmm. but we're trying to explain to some of these approving officers what we're going to do. We had a, an officer say, what, what's an L? And we're like, well, an L. His brain wasn't really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, an L is the second thing they teach you when you join the army. It's here's your bunk. And then this is an L. And we explained it. Like, Who invented it? Like Sun Tzu fucking, I don't know. <laughs> right. 
And uh, but we said that in war. This guy, <laughs> that, whoever that guy was, that's and what so we, we just did a simple little thing where there's a like these guys have been doing this around this mountain. They start the car every day. They drive the same route. No one mm-hmm. drives it because it's winter. And um, you know we're in like Pactia province, I think. And they go here. They wait. And when, if Americans come by, they ambush them. Then if not, they drive right back. And they do this every day. And so we're watching them. And finally. Okay, if they do it on Friday, which is their day of prayer, they're definitely doing it on Saturday. So we watched them, sure as hell. They did it. We're like, okay, now here's what we're going to do. We set it up. There's a rock formation they drive past. We're going to walk up there, set the uh, the base team behind mm-hmm. us so they can't see it, and the maneuver element's going to get some cover. We've got snipers with 300 wind mags 200 yards away. So guess what? They're going to hit that shot. And all they're going to do is the uh, ISR is going to tell us, you know, um, green light, yellow light, red. We hop out. There it is. We tell them to get out. They don't shoot and they didn't get out. Well, they did, but RPGs and everything, so we got to blast them. But we got these guys. There's, there's zero intelligence. There's nothing in the village. They're, these guys are just, they're going to kill Americans because Americans are there. Yeah. I was on the Bin Laden raid 10 months before this. So you, you, were, used to, you were used to going after the big fish, and here you yeah. are just taking care of the average foot soldier. That's it. And a lot of the missions I saw, guys were doing them out of boredom. There's no, I mean, if you want to if it, start with Parliament up in Kabul, that's that's where your bad guys are. That's that's where the corruption is and always has been. And we're not going to take. I mean, maybe there can be a semi-stable, semi-cooperative government in Kabul. Probably not Kandahar. That's where the Taliban rolls. We're not going to ever. We backed. Remember blessing up in the Pesh River Valley down to Asadabad. Those are gone. The, Tal, the Taliban are trying to figure out how to, how to eat our treadmills that we left mm-hmm. behind. You know. We're not going to instill it, so we got to. Well, which gets me into like what? I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's like what is that end game? Because you know you. Well, guys I mean, the like, sad truth is, you need to keep a presence somewhere like Bagram. Yeah, because I remember in case, when, you can, in case they start something. No, but it get worse them. as well because look what happened when we pulled out of Iraq and Mosul oh, yeah, and I mean, all you, that. You, you, you can't we give it the that va- power you vacuum. You can't give it the vacuum. But I mean, it will come to a point, and even I mean, President Obama realized this, and President Trump is realizing it. It might come down to negotiating with the Taliban and just saying no more foreign fighters. Or else we're going to bomb you. I, I remember when John McCain ran against Obama. Um, you know, he said that we would have a presence in Iraq for possibly a hundred years. Yes, and it was like this crazy statement. People were like, "Oh, he was right. A, we're going to be at we war to. for a hundred years." But having a presence doesn't necessarily mean doesn't mean be well, I mean, we, have, we, we still have, have a presence in Japan. Exactly. We got a presence in Germany. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's the set. Well, I mean, and you got to figure how fickle the a lot of the American voter is. Remember when uh, Mitt Romney said one of the biggest problems we're going to have soon is Russia, mm-hmm. and everyone laughed. Oh, Russia! What is this? Nineteen eighty? Yeah, well, guess what? Yeah. Now we we're, have it. Now we have a problem. I mean, and you, you need to see. I mean, but you, and I want to get a bunch into politics. I work quite a bit in DC. It's like nobody wants to watch the party politics. That's why. That's why the Kardashians are, or, and TMZ are so popular. I get home. That's from why work. reality TV I, is so I, famous. I'd rather watch TMZ too. Yeah, it's mindless. It's like, oh shit, she just smacked the chick for wearing <laughs> the same dress. That's crazy. But you the know? problem yeah, is that they've they've meshed into one another. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, the politics now. You can get the. You know, if you can sell. Uh, uh, 10 million of your new eyeliner in one minute on on Snapchat, you're probably going to be able to influence some voters or, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, and I'm talking out my ass, whatever. No, I, I hear I you. I mean, on point. They so tried with Jay-Z. Wish- it didn't work out so well this year, did it? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> getting in, into some... Let me stop. Uh, our liberal uh, audience don't like that. <laughs> our audiences. Do you, have a, over do you have a... Yes, we do, actually. Yes, we do. And to our liberal it's, audience it's, members, thank you for listening. And... No, seriously, thank no, you. Seriously. I, I, I no, seriously, no, I like the fact that you guys still. I love still, it. I love it. If, there, if there are liberals listening, seriously, that's good because you're opening your you're opening your view, you're opening your field of fire, if you will, because yeah. there are audience they know what we're talking well, I about. Think but I'm I, just saying because why why listen to just what you believe? You're never going to learn from listening to people. 
that have the same beliefs. You need to listen to someone else, and, and possibly, if get, don't get me wrong, but have a cordial debate instead yeah, of calling yeah. someone a prick on Twitter. Well, I, you know, I know, and that also you work eating over... it when you when you were when you're wrong. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because I eat it. You know, especially with some some liberal points. It's like you know what? You're kind of right. That was messed up. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll be the first one. Fine, to say, fine. I'm sorry. I screwed up. No, so I and I know you work over at Fox News. Yes. I think it's like the people who um, check out alternative media sources, which we are. A lot of them just don't trust the media at large, whether it is Fox News or A lot or of people MSNBC. won't watch Fox News just because they think it's fake news because the other media outlets tell them it's fake news, and it's nonsense. I mean, I've worked at all of them. Yeah. I love and Fox. I, and I actually picked Fox. To, I'm a contributor there because they did, without question, the best uh, fact-finding. Mm-hmm. Without question. And if you, if you say something wrong, you're probably going to be gone. Now, I will watch MSNBC when I'm on the treadmill because it makes me run really fucking fast. Yeah. I just think the reason it's so split is because I think a lot of people in our audience don't trust any of them. That's very and true. Th- that's why they're that looking could, for alternative media true. sources. But, yeah, getting in, into some news here because there is a lot going on, the biggest of which is the North Korea missile mm-hmm. launch. And the thing that I took out of this the most uh, was an article where Mattis made the remarks as he sat in the meeting with Trump, House Speaker Ryan, and Senate Majority Leader McConnell, um, and added that North Korea has the ability to hit everywhere in the world, yep. basically. And that's a quote. And this is actually kind of shocking to me because on the podcast we've had guests on before and writers for the site who say North Korea is not really a threat to the U.S. Okay. as well, much as they are to South Korea or to Japan. And when you hear this, what? this is actually yeah. a huge escalation from that. A lot of a lot of the reason people don't uh, can they don't think North Korea is a threat is because they think of the world as the map, like a lot of the flat earthers. If they're <laughs> going to hit New York or Washington, they're not they're not going across the Pacific to coming up and around. So if you get that certain mileage, you're, you're going to hit anywhere in the world just because, like it or not, the world is round. Plus, when you start dealing with the rotation of the Earth, I mean, you got to figure you take a sniper shot at two thousand meters, you're dealing with rotation. Coriolis, yeah, exactly. You shoot a missile, how high? How many? Miles into space above the space station. I think, was it twenty miles, something like that? Oh, I don't, I don't even know. I should probably look I it up. So it's like no. a jacket. I think it's it was about twenty. Miles. It was higher than the International Space yeah. Station. And it came down. Insane. You start dealing with that. I mean, that's the same reason planes fly faster east than than they. You US. figure a thousand kilometers was probably thirty miles. Well, they so they were ten miles. They were they were in the stratosphere. Oh, they were way up there. You know, and if it can, yeah. if if it can, if it's flying for fifty minutes at that, speed, that's a long time. Anywhere in the world. And it's crazy because the dialogue has always been, oh, their technology is so far behind. They're not going to do anything. And then we hear You know, that. it's funny what they don't like to admit. Though, uh, uh, like, okay, their technology is behind. You know who's not? China. Yeah, and Russia. I mean, I'm just saying China can be helping them. We won't get into the whole why Saddam did this and that and how he defended them and Al-Qaeda did bin Laden to the jihad defending. From, um, yeah. The whole much. I'm glad we can talk about it. I've got a lot of time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, just, I think NORAD... Um, in in the same uh, in the same situation, said that realistically, we are not currently under a threat because they they don't have the capability to reach our shores. Now that's something else they're not mentioning yeah. is our ability, especially to defend ourselves. Yeah, and, and we can. There are different ways too that haven't been discussed that to ways to defend uh, China, uh, Japan and South Korea. And what's interesting too is President Trump actually said. We can do that, and they should pay us for it because why are we doing it for free? Which is interesting. Which is it? And I, what was it? The uh, what was the name of the uh, missile defense system we put up? The, well, the, yeah, the he has thads the the thad is the thad, yeah, the high altitude air yeah. defense. And I, I want to say thermal high altitude air defense. I want to say South Korea kind of had a little political uh, tryst over that, and well, they do, didn't but I mean, want to pay for it or well, something. Yeah, but we're I mean we're what twenty some trillion dollars in debt. Maybe someone should pay us for what we're doing because even with no NATO, the NATO stuff, they're not paying the, their percentage mm-hmm. of. The GDP they agreed for NATO, but yet we still put stuff over there because it's in our interest to defend our allies, and that's why we send so much yeah, exactly. on defense. And it's just we're kind of the 
world police, and we've been made fun of for that. But what if we weren't? So it's it's. it's no, but you got a good point. And to me, I'm just you know I'm pretty tired of having to fork over cash oh, as yeah. a citizen oh, yeah. for I other agree. fucking people that have nothing to do with me in another country. They, you they know? have no interest in, in helping you at all, and we're helping. And then and, and, and then being someone that has worked for the government, being that someone that worked uh, in in defense of the government, also in uh, you know contracting and stuff like that, and still getting taxed at the forty percentile is just like yo, what the hell. You know, like, I, it's bad enough I'm away from my family for X amount of time. You're still getting taxed. Yeah, now you're breaking me at the pockets where it hurts, you know? Yeah, especially when you get out of the military and then you get a... Yeah. Private, and then you realize what your fair share is, even though you've been to and war. And then you're talking... And then you're yeah. cutting checks to the government. It's like, whoa. And then you got to come home and throw on fucking uh, the news and you see uh, yeah, NFL uh, uh, NFL uh, players, you know, Taking kneeling, news, yeah. you know, for freaking $10 million contracts yeah. and stuff. And it's just like, bro, you're not for nothing... I kind of put my life on the line, got blown up a couple of times. Well, you were know, me about that, too, and I don't think we were going to talk about this, Ian, about the whole kneeling for the flag You never thing. know where we're going to go. Well, yeah, go, that's, so that's yeah. good. That's what's good. Um, but when they... And I've never been... Well, you're, you're from New York, and you've mm-hmm. seen some bad shit. I've never... I didn't grow up with what potentially a lot of these guys did, and I can respect their protests, but I'm, as a veteran, I tell them, just not now. Yeah. And they'll say, well, it's, it's not about the military. I'm like, yeah, it is, because yeah. I... I mean, I know some vets are not against it, but uh, most the flag is a direct representation of what we do. It's on our uniform. I had a lot for of friends die wearing that flag. Exactly, and and you know we we go down and we scrutinize down to the very wearing of the flag. You know, um, it has to go with the flow of the wind or the direction of movement, and you know everything we do is in you know even the way we fold the, the flag, flag, the way we don't allow everything. the flag to touch. Like, touch the ground. That flag is yes. everything to us. I, and had, I don't think they understand. I had that. some friends make some shirts that I was going to authorize. Um, I said, just let me give, give it once over. The the flag was backwards. That's exactly what happened. Wrong shoulder. Sorry, brother. Flag was forward. Wrong shoulder. I said, I said, you wear it. Watch. Every single vet you see. Like, hey, first bro, thing. That flag flag's backwards. backwards. Yep. Everyone. No, nah, they don't play no games with no, that. No, it's it. Yeah. And like, I display the flag. I think I'm one of the only houses uh, in my neighborhood when that you, has the American flag yeah, hanging out. Yeah. You know? Oh, and, I also, and I also display it next to the Marine Corps flag. And, and it's crazy because I have a lot of um, Arabic... Uh, neighbors mm-hmm. because it's in a, and it's a affluent community mm-hmm. in the Bronx. You know, it's around a lot of doctors and lawyers, and a lot of them are like sur- Arabic surgeons. You know, so it, it's what's crazy. There is, are a lot yeah, of Muslims. Who are I will still Americans. go out and I will still raise my flag. You know, lower it or put it at half mass whenever something happens, like a mass shooting and stuff like because we take it that serious. Oh yeah, it's very. That's why we try to explain to the guys like, look, this, this is the uh, the wrong. And I mean, they're learning now. They're losing five hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. The, the NFL is learning. And it's not, I mean, it's not even the players. It's poor leadership by Roger Goodell. The, yeah. Look at the NBA. Look at the, look at the NBA. I think Roger Goodell is too soft. He just should have said, look, Way here's, too here, soft. here's a rule. You stand up. Yeah, two, I think. Two minutes. I think, you know, at the end of the day, he's running a business. And well, the problem here, and he's going to run into this with Donald Trump, is that he's not running a business. He's running a nonprofit. Well, and he's also yeah, getting government crazy. funding. Yeah, wait, that's a big yeah, deal. Oh, wait and see. Yeah, it's a big deal. But, you know, when you look at it, the way I see it is you're running a business and this is affecting the bottom this line the bottom of your line. That's business. Exactly what it is, yeah. So you're allowing your employees to continue some type of activity to affect your bottom line. That's not good business for anyone. Well, even with uh, they had a game overseas and they they took a knee for the, the anthem and they stood for God Save the Queen. Now, if you're protesting yeah. imperialism... That's still the same lineage of the royal family. It's pretty fucking imperialistic, if you if you might have noticed over the past couple centuries. And I, I mean, I you think people through, need yeah. to realize that, especially these athletes, that 
what, how you act in your own country should definitely be different than how you're, you know, representing America when you're in another country. NFL should have a status of forces agreement. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sofa, say, say, like, and like the same thing we got to deal with everywhere we go to. It's like, what do you mean I can't use my left hand to shake That's, their yeah. hand? What? I don't. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't show on the bottom of your feet. Eh, all that and other stuff. Jail, I mean, we get told this stuff, and I used to always say right. that, Rob. I don't know if it used to irk you like it irked me. Every time we got into another country and we got our sofa brief, it was like, well, fuck them. They know who we are. I, that, that's initially how I thought you. Fuck you. I'm an American. But, but then, then you got to understand. Wait a minute, yeah, 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 that's kind of us pushing in our pluralistic. Uh, <laughs> the views. arrogant American. Uh, look at these guys. Exists because it's it's sometimes real. I've seen. I think it. a good balance of everything overall. A little bit of respect, but no, yet you know a little a sternness. A li- a, you know, well, yeah, because yeah, they'll take advantage of you. A little. Well, yeah, they, we they're yeah, hustlers. Yeah, you get in the bazaar. They're good. Yeah, they're hustlers, and they actually get insulted if if you don't haggle, if you don't barter. Oh, we bought all the time. But you know what's crazy? I don't come here in New York and bought as, I, as much as still, I used to in Afghanistan. Here, yeah, because yeah, over here, you try to barter, and, you know, they make you feel some type of way like you're broke. You know, I'm like, I'm not broke. <laughs> I'm just bartering. You don't know the bartering? Oh, never mind. I miss so, Afghanistan. <laughs> so there's some, there's some interesting stuff going on over there. Another topic I wanted to hit, because I saw your Twitter earlier today, yes. which you could follow Rob on Twitter, at Mikuya. That Mikuya is, a fun, uh, Mikuya is a funny name, because, you know, seals say hoo Marines have hoorah and then uh, hua for army. And mine was just Mick Huya, the Irish Huya. Yeah. Because I had six followers who were all my buddies. The next day, it came out that I killed Bin Laden. I had like 20,000 followers. I'm like, I'm keeping a Kuya. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> I, and Instagram at Mick Huya. But I want to get into something that you were just tweeting yes. about. The Benghazi attacker acquitted of murder. Um, and, and I'm looking at this article, which is actually originally, I believe, from uh, CBS, or, you know, they reposted this from the AP, but a federal jury on Tuesday today acquitted a suspected Libyan militant leader of murder charges stemming from the 2012 Benghazi attacks that killed the U.S. ambassador and three other Americans. Jurors, however, convicted Ahmed Abu Katala of terrorism-related charges. Prosecutors accused Abu Katala of leading a rampage aimed at killing personnel and plundering maps and other property from the U.S. mission in Benghazi. Defense attorneys said their evidence against him was shoddy. U.S. Ambassador Chris Stevens was killed in the attack, along with a State Department information management officer. You guys all know the rest if you're watching this, probably. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to get your immediate reaction to that because you were tweeting Well, I mean, the issue, again, is political correctness versus reality. Um, This was never a crime scene. And even after it was, and I'm not going to get into what they were doing at the consulate. There was some stuff going on for the the better part of our military and some of our some of our clandestine operators. But as soon as it was over, the first thing the Obama administration did was blame it on a video. Try yep. to blame it on political correctness. They were they were um, offended by a video, and we will put this video maker to just justice. Even though these dudes outside ha- they were hitting their first and second mortar shots. You don't just go in there on. on, on Take a, take a dry shot, a cold bore shot with a mortar and start hitting. They were set up. They, they were in cahoots with the security guards, mm-hmm. paying them off. This was a hit. This was a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. If you admit that right at the bat, Susan Rice doesn't go on the Sunday morning shows the next day and start saying the video, the video, the video. All of a sudden it Because becomes, that was Hillary's narrative. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and just admit it. And here's, here's, where, here's where humility would help. If, if Hillary or... And, and I, I'm not going to get into the blame game, but if Hillary or the president... And it's not even the president's thing. It's the Secretary of State's thing. Just admit, hey, we were wrong. We're going to get them. You make it a crime scene. Now you can't get the FBI in there to investigate, which means you don't get evidence. Mm. Which means once you can't get the evidence, which will be tampered with over the next few weeks, can't you prosecute. can't bring that evidence. Thank you. Then you bring it back to a goddamn jury in Washington, D.C., no evidence. You can't blame the jury on this one. We don't have any evidence. This is a court of law. Due process 
for a terrorist. This is what happens. You don't bring them back. That's why you have Guantanamo Bay. You put them there, you get him a military tribunal, and you put him in a fucking gallery. And you suck the juice out of him of intelligence. Oh, yeah. And get everything you can, and then you hang him. I've talked about it before in the podcast. Yeah, the issue with people who wanted to close Guantanamo Bay, which I remember, was that when they said, okay, we'll release them into prisons, no congressman wants... I don't want them in my district. Yeah, wants yeah, prisoners from Guantanamo in their district, possibly radicalizing oh, some guy who's well, going to... That's suit. what they do. You know, this guy's going to prison, but he's probably not... He should go to, to solitary confinement for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with that. That or hard labor. But you get dudes like this that are very charismatic. They start, they start radicalizing the dudes that are getting out in a few years. They, they were arrested on, on, on a bullshit charge. Yeah. And then they get out, and then they're the problem. This is an issue with this. And they're, they're primed but, to be radicalized because yes, these they are, are guys who feel like they've been screwed by the I don't system. Have a, I don't have, I, the, fuck the, the government. Sucks. I hate the country. So yeah. I don't have any... Here's a brotherhood, and all I need to do is I got to go to paradise? So you bagged... You bagged up a couple of guys in this situation. You've been the one that they sent after some of these guys right here. This this Abu Katala. A couple of weeks ago, they paraded him around to seem as if he was the mastermind behind the Benghazi attack. And then we spoke to um, Tonto and um, Chris. He he yeah, explained yeah. to us. Well, his his feeling on the situation was that this guy was just like we talked about that that admiring okay. the, our enemy. This guy was just born to be our sworn fucking enemy. Could be, you know, and and he was just, I guess, a part of the thing. So to him, it didn't matter nonetheless whether we caught this guy or not. You now, know, I would, and I would take Tonto's word over this. Yeah. I, again, I wasn't there, uh, but but I think the the bad precedent is if you don't put up a fight, they're going to show up and arrest you. And you'll be good to go. Because yeah. I guarantee you those guys... That's that, what I'm talking I mean, look about. At the guys they're they're you, watering you, this down. Even, even in Guantanamo Bay, those dudes are getting like 20, 23 hours in the yard. And the yard's a Caribbean island where they're playing soccer. They're talking to us. They get prey. They get meals. and, and they, So to... to and uh, you compare that to living in a cave in Afghanistan, it's better. Yeah. But to, to, um, to hit on that CBS article as well... Um, they said he eventually was still convicted of terrorist-like activities. Yeah, right. So, I mean, what does that mean? Is he yeah, I mean, and what, what, what is he... Is he getting convicted as a terrorist, and that means he, he's... No, See, that's a good he doesn't question. have any know. rights. Is he an enemy combative? Like, what happens after that's, this? Well, that's a good question. You know? I, I have to look that up. That's actually really interesting, because and how did he get tried here, though? He got tried here... Exactly. The, so, and then he got tried here in D.C., citizen. actually, and then, and, and then, you know, that was what he was convicted of, terrorist-like activities. But amongst the verbiage in that article was kind of disheartening to me, because they said that he was on the only evidence they had that was solid enough on him to yeah. stem that charge in the first place was that he stole equipment and vandalized and he, well, he property. Showing, and he showed up with an AK. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was burning a uh, uh, classified material. So that's what something. they had evidence yeah, yeah, yeah. on. You see, know, this is, this yeah. is what happens when you get lawyers involved in a war. And I'd like to know who defended him. First off, this guy is, is holding that case, burning government property He's on there. the day of questioning. And then we have enough fingers pointing to the fact that he was one of the orchestrators, not maybe the mastermind, but enough to be charismatic to gather a group of guys yeah. and kind of like push that's, them that's over what, to this. See, and that's which the, the charisma. Yeah. And that's what he's going to use in, in prison. And, and must they use it in court, too? Because what the hell? Like you said, when you get these uh, lawyers involved, like, are you fucking trying to give these guys a free pass? Uh-huh. And, and, and again, that's more politics. The defender's job is to defend his client to get the win. The prosecutor's job is to get the win. But the prosecutor needs to prove beyond reasonable doubt. Do you, it's, do you think somehow this has something to do with this administration and them saying that, ha, you thought you, you know got a win, I, I but you didn't. I think especially something as sensitive as Benghazi definitely has political ramifications. Definitely, because you got you got the Obama people, excuse me, the President Obama people, Secretary Clinton, President Trump. 
uh, you know, back to President Bush, who's doing what. It's all political, and that's that's part of the. It's pretty scary. It's very scary because this 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 in the, in the short game is like look at look at the party politics right now. The, all they want to do is make sure they secure their job. All this defense attorney wanted to do is make sure he keeps his job, gets a win. Everyone's trying to, to get a win for themselves because they're selfish. It's, it has nothing to do with the country. If they, I mean, it has nothing to do with right I mean, or if, wrong. If, if there was justice, there would have been yeah. there, people would have helped Tonto and his boys in before the they even got to that yeah, point. Yeah. And I think that's what his biggest point was. That, oh yeah, you know, I'm not worried about the guy that sworn his entire life and dedicated dedicate his entire life to kill me. I'm not. I'm not. I don't care what happens to that guy. I I respect that guy enough as an enemy combatant to to basically take that side and that stance in life. What he wants to see is the people that ultimately were responsible for our well being that fell short or dropped the ball answer for what they did. That's it. And that's and I agree with tell that. the truth. Yeah, tell the truth. So this right here, although it, it is a story and he is convicted of terrorist like activities and not murder, Ian, he might spend a really long time in prison. He could. What I don't want to see is him being traded for someone else. And we talk about that with Bo Bergdahl. Oh, that's a yeah, nice transition. <laughs> that's Let's a damn good transition. You are a professional, sir. <laughs> I know, you know, yeah, I've been studying, you know. But you know, and, and that goes back to that goes back to when I saw your first interview with um uh with Tucker Tucker yeah uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox which uh, I love Fox like I said those guys are cool because they're the only ones who can really give me a, a shot so mm-hmm. that's I'm not I'm not that conservative guys you know I'm still born You're and raised in the hood I'm, I'm not very conservative Ian but you are less conservative than I actually Ian's a lib. No, I'm definitely Ian not. He went to Hofstra. He's, 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 how, did, how did you know this? I know shit, me. man. I, <laughs> this motherfucker's Rob Googling me. Or? Yeah, he's Dev Group, bro. He's not going to set himself up for nothing crazy. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's important to sound like you know what you're talking yeah. about. If you don't know what you're talking about, talk about something you do. You just, you, I do it all the time. Too. You can go back to tattooing and stuff. No, but, you know, so what I found interesting was when you mentioned that, that you were actually in the midst of of going after certain HVTs, and you had yeah. to put everything on hold. We were at uh, FOB Shank, no, Sharana, uh, which is which is nearby eastern Afghanistan. And what the Taliban and Al-Qaeda had learned is that they can get across the border back to Pakistan. Um, you can't touch before, it. You know, but yeah. before it gets dark, we're not going to come after them because we're, we're waiting until at least dust before we go hit you. So we're learning that, so we're watching them. And we figured if we start doing... Um, Helicopter uh, interdictions as they're running back, we're going to get them. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, if, if there's any way to recruit people into special operations, if you had a hunted men on motorcycles from a helicopter, you haven't <laughs> fucking lived yet. Holy so we're crap. doing that every night. And it's not like we're, it's not fishing a barrel, but we're like, we're, we're finding it's like hunting hogs in Texas. It was awesome. <laughs> and we're, um, we're like giving them, like, there's legit rules of engagement on the way in. Like, you get them here. You, okay, you, if you see the helicopters come up, they're looking for you. If they start shooting, uh, by the by the way, a warning shot with a minigun is pretty fucking obvious. Wow. <laughs> like, that's, okay, we didn't miss on purpose, and then that's when that's when the and they'll even shoot back sometimes. So it, it so that's what we're doing, and we're, we were getting some pretty pretty significant guys and leading. Some guys would have surrendered. I would too yeah. if, I'm, if I'm looking at a black. Oh yeah, that's one thing I yeah. learned. Oh yeah, you can't run from a fucking helicopter. No, you're you're dying. Gonna, no, yeah, no. So no. I, I want to get into your thoughts then on the Bo Berg doll. Well, situation. so we were doing that, and then uh, one one um, not morning but night. You know, we're, we're afternoon. We're waking up, and what we do is we get a coffee and we go to the talk. What he has been watching, where we hitting, and we walk in and hey, some dude walked off. I'm like, what? you were saying that you heard prior to this, one of his buddies were saying that he was talking candidly about. this. Yeah, because we, we we were we were sharing the same. Uh, Chow Hall, as, mm. as all these dudes, 
And again, too, just with nothing but respect for the army. We, of course. We, we'd go down there to eat, and these dudes would come in just covered in filth. They've been driving around dangerous all day. And I just see these guys, and these guys are, you know, there are people that worked a hell of a harder than I did over there. And, and, um, they were talking, yeah, we got this guy that's going to send his shit home, whatever, walk off. And we didn't take it too serious because everyone gets, you know, they're over there, what, 13, 16 months. They're going to get pissed at each other. Yeah. One day, hey, he walked off. I'm like, hey, we're shutting it down. We got to find him. And so we started tracking uh, phone calls and where, and they were moving them. Like locals found him, sold them to a group that was friendly to the Taliban, who sold them to the Taliban, and they're going to sell them to Haqqani. And we got so close to getting him. I actually had the ransom money in my hands. We grabbed this dude. Like, what is this? Well, my son moved to Dubai, and he's working construction. I'm like, yeah, he sent you this cash. No, that's not true. So we're trying to do interrogations. But we got to the point where um, we're do- we stopped the war on the HVTs, and we're actually landing on the X, which we mm. never do, in 47s. Yeah, because people... They're going to come out blasting. They're going to come out killing. And that's how yeah. uh, uh, one of my friends, Jimmy Hatch, who, who, who was uh, uh, testified, he, they landed f- somehow... On a, on a PKM that didn't oh hit anybody, God. and they pursued this dude. That's when that dog Remco got shot, yeah. killed, and um, a Mike Ritland, not Mike Ritland, but um, uh, uh, Mike, my buddy. I think it was, <laughs> yeah, it was like Mike Ritland. No, Mike Ritland, no, no. Sorry, I've got, <laughs> I got a lot of shit going on. But All Jimmy good. got hit got hit in the femur, and it, and it, it almost killed him. It splintered, and he had the, you got that famous picture online oh of, the, of the tourniquet and the, the fentanyl lollipop, and that wouldn't have happened. Remco wouldn't be dead. Wow. Um, and then we, you know, and we, they actually called my troop from our squadron into QRF because we're the closest ones there. We get in this long gunfight, and all this is going on because we're trying to get Bo Bergdahl. There were guys getting blown up and shot and killed and maimed because he walked off for the this base. man's yeah. irresponsibility. Yes. For and then his they give him because, lack of judgment. because because he was uh, a deserter and got put in a cage for a while. They're saying they what do they give him a back a, pay sentence? Yeah, yeah, like a time already served. You're good. No, so it's bullshit. Um, Going back to when we saw Bergdahl's father speak at the White House. Yes. And also... That was ridiculous. And, and also the language he was using and all that. I'm just wondering... He spoke, yeah, he said a prayer in Arabic. I'm wondering what, what? your reaction was to seeing that. You don't remember that? Or, I, don't, I didn't yeah. remember the prayer in Arabic. That's no, he crazy. came out and said some stuff just because he was trying to, trying to learn the, uh, the language. So he said that in the Rose Garden. And, and President but why Obama, do you think he, he was using Arabic language suddenly? Because that was what shocked most people. Um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He grew the beard out and tried to be po- you, just like him. And then he, President Obama was, <clears throat> I think, in his defense, he was surrounded by people that wanted to tell him what he wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. And because I mean, I even so I agree I, with you. Then. I meant I mentioned the uh, ten months later the Afghanistan thing. We were actually the team over there because we were going to go get him a cat of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So the same team from SEAL Team Six. They came to brief us. They had one of Obama's team come in and brief us. Well, Bo Bergdahl wasn't a deserter. He got left behind. In, and she's trying to tell us this PC bullshit. I was like, when oh. you're like, I was there. I said, stop right now. Here's what happened. This guy's a deserter. We're, we're going to get we're him. Not, and you we're do not sure if we're going to fly right into there into this hornet's nest. Yeah. Let's just back off and let's take a pause here and, and, and talk about what. Uh, yeah, so nuts. But, so then fast oh, forward to now. Yeah. What we've heard about, you know, the sentencing of Bergdahl and, and what's not going to be done to him. I just wanted to hear. No, he's just he's it. he's good to go. He's just uh I mean, okay, dishonorable discharge, horrible. That's bad for you. And he's he's shamed. However, when he moves to Portland and someone wants to write a fucking no, story. No, and, and he wants to he wants to be a hero of yeah. the left because just because he's in Portland, yeah. Something like this, something out there. Some radical I mean, we see some crazy shit. Some, some Well radical, Chelsea Manning apparently some, some, lives right around here. So they, they might be roommates eventually. Who knows what's gonna happen with them? <laughs> I, they kinda look alike. I don't know. All right. <laughs> 
But I mean, that being said, I think, you know, it, it's no little thing to hear that. And, you know, not to harp on this or whatever, but I'm going to harp on it. Yeah. That that administration tried to feed you a narrative. They, they tried to feed us and we knew the deal. But they were feeding it to everyone else because that could potentially be a political Well, victory. how fucking hey, dare they, Hey, the dog they, handler bro? was Mike Toussaint. Mike okay. Toussaint. And he was awarded a silver star because Good after job. Jimmy got shot, he went through and he... he Blasted those two dudes. And gotcha. this is because I was thinking when I heard Mike Britton, Mike, yeah, he's a great friend. No, he's of the awesome. Show. He's awesome. He's I awesome. I just, I, you know, I, I think Mike and Mike and dog handlers all look the same. I'm kidding. Joke, <laughs> joke. We're allowed to joke in narrative, yeah. right? We we <laughs> talked about that too early. Don't just don't take a snippet and put it on. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that early because it happened to you early on. It happens to all of us, so that's why um, anytime uh, anytime a microphone's in front of you, you are on a hot mic. Oh, trust yeah. me. There's been a few. You I know, learned about that. when we're not on learned... Facebook Live. It's a little different because there's been times Brandon Webb has oh, said stuff you can, you can where I'll say. You sure you don't want me to edit that part? And he's like, yeah, you, you might be right there. Because yeah. anyone could isolate any clip completely Anything. out of context. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's. I, I don't know when's if the last time to. we I talked mean, about oh, it. Oh, well, yeah. When you got fucking played out, you know? Like, it was just a casual conversation. And a lot of the bullshit that you casual conversation the was because of this. And if a lot of veterans are out there listening, they'll understand. When you sit around and have a drink, with, I don't give a fuck if you're a Navy SEAL, if, if, you're, if you're a Marine Corps Infantry, Army uh, 82nd. Air Force, whatever you're, you're gonna eventually talk shit, and especially it's just, when you're, yeah, we're we're with war buddies, it's, and then we're talking it's just bullshit. Like, because I mean, and beyond some of the best humor in the military is the darkest shit you'll ever yeah. hear. Yeah. So we just had a thing with a hidden mic and a <clears throat> whatever, and this fucking reporter, and then all of a sudden my name gets. Li- I did a, spe- a special on Fox News in 2014 about about the mission to kill Bin Laden, mm. and it just came out as like, okay, I'm out there bragging about it, and all of a sudden, this, and then on a Friday night, she's like, hey, I'm releasing this. She went on CNN, talked about it. Totally out of, out of context, and I was I was just be, just giving jabs to some of my buddies, especially at Delta Force. And I, every time I see anyone from Delta, I will apologize on behalf of well, just myself to everyone that's ever been at CAG. I'm sorry, you guys are bad motherfuckers. What was said was out of context. I would, who would say that? You know anything? But it's 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 almost painful. That's how we are. We talk shit. It's just painful to bring no, up. But even I would never, then, I, and the I, fact that the fact that. And then this is what's happening, like, and this is what we brought up before, like, for someone to hear something like that without the content oh, that yeah. followed it's, it, oh yeah, it's like you're automatically going to assume it's, it's the even worst. the context that that prefaced it, yeah. before it. And I'm just whatever. I mean, I, I even mentioned in the book that like, well, they did take some. I, I shouldn't be saying the D boys, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, there were times in Iraq, like we landed biop and look over, hey man, that's fucking. I was actually going <laughs> to ask you that. I got a question. And, you know, I want you to be honest and answering it, all right? Because, you know, you got a lot of young studs out there yeah. that are yeah. aspiring to yeah. walk in your footsteps. Who has the best fucking budget? Who has the best gear? The best budget's got to be the Dev grew a CAG, bro. I think CAG does. Are you fucking kidding me? I think they do. That's be- a bad Now, I have a theory on this, and I could be wrong, and I might get some Twitter hate about this. Um CAG is mostly rangers, like a lot of rangers. And then rangers, is, I mean, rangers are awesome. Not all SF dudes are rangers. No, I get right? it. But most rangers go to Delta. So rangers, there's more of them there. And because they were never SF, and some of them, like, pull the purse strings, they get a lot of money. You got like, a lot of Marines a lot there, of, too. Well, a lot of, oh, that's true? Yeah. 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 That's why we're trying to get them over to, to Green Team. And I think, yeah. I think the professionalism. Is, is the night and day because, it, you know, we assimilate ourselves, Marines, that is, we assimilate ourselves to Rangers quite often. Why is that? Because of their professionalism. The same reason oh, why yeah, they okay, get okay, shit okay. from the SF community. Yes. A lot no, of the that's, SF that's guys don't like and them even to like, even like general, because they're too, uh, general Stan McChrystal is one of the yeah. greatest generals of all time. He was a Ranger, and he was running JSOC. And so I just think a lot of the funding goes uh, goes 
goes there. I mean, I there, think, there's funding in both places. You know, I've I've had my run in with the the both types, the guys that were 18x ray straight into SF, mm-hmm. and then the guys that were Rangers, Bat Rangers, mm-hmm. and then SF. Yeah. And, and there's a know, difference. Bat, there's bat a, there's difference. a huge difference in the way they carry themselves. One, and I'm not talking. I'm not bagging on all fucking 18 X rays. Yeah, but we're gonna edit entries. this to make sure that you are. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, no. Ian don't fucking play that shit. He keeps it a hundred. You know, but well, we're live, so there's yeah. not much. Yeah, so like that's true. You can't take it away. So you know, not everybody in on it, but a majority of the guys on the X ray program, like they're still young and immature, and it's hard for them to deal with the responsibility they're given in a SOCOM unit. That's why. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always like the pipeline from uh, from buds to get to to green team, because you had a certain amount of time to get there and mature in the seal. But not only that, you're taking guys that generally didn't have any prior infantry based weaponry combatants. You know, that's a huge one too. It's crazy infantry. And here's people ask me too, who's the best foreign special operators with whom I've ever worked. Without question, it's the special boat service, the, the SBS. The and British. The, but not the SAS. Look, not the SAS. Because, boat and, and the okay. SAS is great, but the SBS, like SAS guys, because, cool. <laughs> because they need to be Royal Marines first, ah. get that infantry background. Then they send them through. And I have, I've had great times with it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be biased because I work with they're the, basically um, the British SEALs, so I work with SBS quite a bit more. Um, but just because you give them that, that infantry, give them the intro to it and, and how stuff works and then send it through the hard selection. We're just shooting the shit here, though, with Rob, but we will take questions after because, you know, we love to see what you guys have. So if you have any questions, definitely shoot those over for Rob and we'll get to those at the end. Um, but another newsworthy story, of course, this past weekend, the Egyptian mosque attack, uh, the shooting that killed 305 people, including Quite 27 children. Yep. Uh, I mean, from what I saw, it was like the largest shooting. In modern Egyptian yeah. history, yeah. yeah. That is an attack on a Sufi mosque. And yep. for those of you who want to delve into the... like, Because you got to figure the most... The Please most, do. The most victims of Islamic terrorism are Muslims. <clears throat> and it's because they have... Uh, we're the infidels. That's become a common word because a lot of guys like to brag about being infidels. But then there's also the kafir and the apostate who are either hiding what they're doing or they've gone away from it. And Sufi, because it's Sunni Shia, the Sufi relates them back to the very beginning, and they're like the mystical part of Islam. So they're the mystics, which means to a lot of, the, especially the, 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 the Wahhabi Sunni, these are the uh, witches. Mm. And they are definitely not part of the same thing, so they need to get rid of them. And that's why, and the, the issue too, the whole you know trying to nail jello to a wall type thing. So we took out the caliphate in Syria, they're spreading. Now, Egypt's pretty much lawless. So is Libya. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of places. So is, so is Yemen and Somalia. That's kind of why they're moving. And so they've got a pretty... You remember the thing in, uh, in Libya and Egypt where they're cutting heads off of the Coptic Christians? Yeah. That's moving there. And they're to a point now, there's such a lack of governance. They're able to... As these guys, as organized suicide bombers and guns, there's people running around with the ISIS flag. Mm. And this is in Egypt now. So this is this. I mean, starting to entroach and starting yeah, to take over. Wait, wait until Philippines. It's already in Indonesia. But... That, that, but we're talking about the continent of Africa oh, and yeah. where has been the biggest, where has been the most controversy as far as operations. Well, Niger recently, Niger, but that's the same thing. Cause they're, they're able to spread there because of the lawless borders and there's not a lot of funding there. And the, and the locals can't really fight these radical, uh, jihadis. Mm-hmm. And so they moved into Niger and we, know, I mean, even, talking about getting political, um, when, when a lot of these, uh, congressmen were saying, well, we didn't even know we had, People in Niger. Oh, really? You didn't know about the base that we funded and 
uh, 2014. Yeah, 14 yeah. to help the French fight in Mali. Yeah. You didn't know about that, so you joined the Senate or the House Armed Services Committee. How did you not know that? We had a really good episode with Derek oh. Gannon a, yeah. f- a few ago. I think what episode yeah, was former it? Green Beret. Oh, uh, well, he it was, did. See, he knew, he knew more was about it. Two, it than me, yeah. uh, was it two? No, not two ninety nine. Was well informed, like he broke yeah. it down oh, as yeah, far he, he as, the as far sure. as yeah, the U.S. involvement yeah, over there, and it stems back to I think he said earliest was like nineteen fifty something, nineteen fifty two or something. I think it was a little bit after. But see, the issue is like is like is like the, the, the political correct mind of the United States government, even the stuff in Benghazi, they're thinking, well, well, the ambassador speaks Arabic, and so we're not fighting Iraq. So, but you know, this is still this is all part of the Levant. There's no border. They're going to leave Iraq and they're going to come here. And Al Qaeda's going to be here. They're going to leave Syria. They're going to come here. They're, it's the, this is this is a global jihad. They don't stop and get their passport stamped. Well, of course, they come here. And we'll you know what I think up. hinders us the most is the fact that every four years. There's a changeover in our political affiliation or our political agenda. Well, yeah, everybody appoints their own people. Everybody yeah. puts someone else in the, in the Pentagon. They put someone else in. And the then, state. so for four years, we're moving towards a goal, and then it's automatically stymied, and now we're oh, moving towards something and else. It's all political. It's all, it's all based on party politics. I mean, even even with uh, it's instability. Have you ever been given a brief by the State Department? Yeah. Oh my God. You <laughs> Talk about death by PowerPoint. You will sit there. No, there well, the will worst be a, there, part there is, will be a word on who there. are they briefing? We're going to argue about what word that means. But brief, it doesn't mean. Who, uh, but who, 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 who are you briefing? Who the fuck are you briefing? You're briefing the subject duty experts on the area. Am I not uh-huh. right? Yes. At that point, they're how long have you been in and out of that fucking country? And they're yeah. trying to tell you what not to do in that goddamn yep. country. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah. I probably got kids in a summer home somewhere over here. <laughs> and you're going to tell me what I'm not doing in this bitch? It's, it's Like, it blows my yeah, mind. Like, they think they they know what these people truly want well, deep down in well, their they hearts. Must it blows the my mind. the staff for this briefing, he was 23 years old and obviously well, has of a course. degree from somewhere. And did he like uh, red wine by any chance and uh, complain about bumps on the road and stuff See, like that? See, and people know. ask me, why do you drink whiskey? This is why I drink whiskey. <laughs> Um, last subject I want to get oh, to sorry. until I take some questions from the audience because, you know, we're getting a lot of views. Once again, <laughs> shoot us a like, share the video so we can get our visibility man. up. Right. And Rob does a great job promoting this stuff out because I will say when you, like, regrammed our software rep radio Instagram, I got a ton of new followers because oh, we, were, we were late to the party on Instagram, software rep radio. It's, and Instagram Rob's takes got, a while to... Uh, to get to get the followers up. Yeah, there. Rob's got a great following. How so many you got? You got a lot already, right? What you got? Let's see. The fact that you have to look says that you're well, not you like, See, super conceited you know, about it. I have to know exactly. I'm hyped because my bitch ass just broke 4,000 this weekend. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm like, I got 4,000. This motherfucker probably got like 100 and no, something. No, 63,000. That's, that's very nice. 63,000 people. So uh, that's crazy. Anyway, the, the last <laughs> subject I want to get into, and, and we'll take questions from you guys. So shoot over your questions right now, but whether you're watching more. on YouTube, Facebook. We we're even on um, Twitch him, now. I'm, get, I'm getting him sauced up which over is, Brandon uh, shit, so we're going to be here for a while. Which is mainly <laughs> for gaming, but we're on Twitch, and hopefully you guys are checking out. Um, this is a more serious subject, sure. of course, but the death of Staff Sergeant uh, Logan J. Melger, the Green Beret, <laughs> killed in Mali, allegedly at the hands of two members of SEAL Team 6. Uh, Jason and I have discussed this a lot the past probably 10 or so episodes but I figure you being a former member at yeah. DevGrew, I just wanted to hear your take on it. You know, and I, I like to preface this, too, with I wasn't there. Sure. I, don't, I wasn't in the room. I wasn't in the country. I wasn't on the continent. Um, it, you know, they, they, they brought investigators down. They said it's, it's a, a foul play for sure. Um, I don't know what they were doing. I've actually asked guys that were n- not near but close, uh, meaning close to the people, 
they, you know, what I've heard is, um, um, you know, Fight Club gone bad mm. or some, I don't think it's bad blood with, even though like we were talking about those inner service rivalries that would never come to that. But I, I, the one thing I can say for certain is regardless of what happened, this is a big black eye to my former command, but I also think to special operations and the military because mm-hmm. it, it, it's bad enough, especially when we're in spots where it's not a war zone, but it is a war zone. We got to be able to, um, trust each other. Sure. And, and I mean, I mean, even if this is a, f- I, it obviously wasn't a training a training thing that went bad. And I, 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 I wish I knew more, and I wish I could say something good. Yeah, about because it. The, when it is a training thing gone bad, like the recent death, it w- was it more than one death of the drowning of a Navy SEAL during Buds? Um, yeah, yeah. Was, was it more than one? I think it was. I'd have to look at one it again. Or two. But either way, you could at least you could dismiss that to, you know, it's rough training. Yeah. And, and oh yeah. I mean, yeah. There's shit, there's shit in training. You can, this, you can die. This is totally different. It's inexcusable. It, especially what you guys do. In the yeah. Training and ones. I wish I knew more again too. I don't want to convict anybody of it. They were very, very quick to, to say something bad happened, and, yeah. and you know, I mean, they they had the CID looking into it. Now NCIS is looking into yeah. it. And, they're going to investigate. They reopened the case. I think uh, the situation was, and we talked about this before, the situation was that the wife was told something from the husband, mm-hmm. which was uh, uh, Staff Sergeant Merkel, was it? Um, saying that he suspected these individuals of wanting to uh, bring on harm, bring harm to him or whatever because of something he discovered. But th- this is just hearsay yeah, at this I know, point. And I, I, don't, I don't like hearsay at Yeah, all. no one likes um, hearsay. But what I will say is um, for, and I think what's most important to take away from this, and this is me personally, maybe you can have a, a different opinion on this, but for those, uh, so those of you younger individuals that are planning to walk the path that this man walked, once you're in the position where the United States government and whatever DOD you're working for trust you enough to accept you into that tier one unit oh, yeah. and give you the responsibility in which you have to wholeheartedly take seriously because you're the only representative of that of our government in that area or one of the only ones. You have to take everything you do seriously. So the fucking around, the fuck fuck games, the goofing off and all that, you're at a different level. A completely different level. You and even to, with something like this where there's seriously. a disagreement... It, anything from policy, just the way the bases run, to to sh- who gets a shower when mm-hmm. you t- you take it seriously and professionally, exactly, and and you can work it out, especially with someone as a high level as a seal and a green beret working together. Nothing cannot be talked out between those two, and that's I don't know I don't know what it is. Again, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. there. I just it, I I it just it, it makes me sick to, to think and, and that, I, that, a, that a great man died because of, of something that happened. Guys, just think before you act. You know, I'm going to say that so many times, especially, you know, that was the message that I try to put out there as much as I can. You know, being that young, vivacious, freaking aggressive uh, alpha male that you are when you join these units and when you are as a young uh, serviceman, you know, we kind of have a tendency to have that 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 fog in our mind uh, basically created or uh, set on by aggressiveness and anger. You know, you have to be able to set aside from yourself and say, you know, maybe I need to look at the situation differently and come oh, yeah. at it. You know, the, because the, you're the only even one. The, the way that you're, I put it out too uh, is, when you get something that really makes you mad, and you want to send back that aggressive email, that aggressive tweet. Yes, it's okay to type it. 
Don't hit send for 24 hours. Back up. Yeah. Breathe. If it's if it's still bad 24 hours, it might be bad enough to hit Dude, send. Dude, that's great advice. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I do it all the time with my baby And all my mamas. Twitter haters, please do that to me because I'm starting to get... It's exhausting. <laughs> it's got to be exhausting. That wants me, I, I kind of want to... I know it's, Ian wants to bring this up, but I, I want to talk about that. But you well, know, we'll get into it after because yeah. we have a lot of questions oh, yeah, coming yeah, in yeah, from yeah, the what audience. We got, and what we got and these questions. guys always feel like they're left yeah, out, yeah, yeah. so we got to get my to them. bad, guys. Daniel Will, Rob, do you believe if more NATO nations contributed more troops in Afghanistan that it would dramatically change the situation. It appears at times that they could be doing more. No, I don't think... That's pretty straightforward. No, I don't think that uh, putting a lot more troops into Afghanistan is going to solve anything because like it or not, when with uh, regardless of intent, if you're there too long, you're an occupier, and especially something as volatile as Afghanistan. If, if the NATO, what the NATO countries need to do is they start needing, start needing, uh, they need to add more of their gross domestic product to NATO itself. And uh, we can we can we can perimeter we can have we can have a perimeter defense against certain potential enemies and use one of the cores of uh, freedom, which is deterrence. Um, we're going to come to a point where we just need to keep people away from us. And uh, with with the NATO guys bucking up, I mean, you, you saw when President Trump brought it up at the summit, and they laughed at him like they're not doing their fair share. They'll kind of laughed yeah. at him because why would we when you do? So exactly. uh, straightforward answer. Yeah, more troops on the ground not not necessarily a good idea here. All right, Thomas Guignet, I might be pronouncing that wrong. What was it like serving with Drago, who is a friend of the show? Drago is one of my best friends on the planet. Drago is one of the toughest guys I've ever met in my life. Um, I was a I was in my second platoon when Drago was in like his, I don't know what, <laughs> but I, and he was a total mentor to me, totally loved him. And I would see him do the coolest stuff. Like we'd be sitting down on a, I remember we did a 50 click hump. Uh, I was carrying a 60 and I wouldn't let anyone carry. I had 500 rounds and whatever. And I was kind of looking at him like, Hey Drago, I'm running out of sugar, man. I need some tang. And he's just looking at me like he reached back without taking his ruck off, grabbed it where it was. And like, he know, like he was so good at everything. That was so cool how he knew his, how, where his gear was. He knew how to do everything. I've also seen him in a bar fight. The first move he pulled was kicking a guy in the face, <laughs> which is not my go-to, which is like, how? This that's is a pretty bad, hard. Like, you got to oh, lift your leg up well, this you gotta, high. You got to get some momentum. Kick him in the face <laughs> and put him down. And he would he'd always call me um, Brother Russ. He would call me Ross. Say, Brother Russ, another beer. I'm like... I'm not gonna say no. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'd rather have a, a drink in my mouth than a kick in my face. Yeah, Drago is one. And he's, salt of the earth. He's also a guy who's always had your back. I know. Like always, when there were always, a lot of always. people on the attack. Over well, Drago is one of those people that's honest. Mm-hmm. And if Drago thought I was a shitbag, he would have said it right off the bat. But he, because yeah. uh, even before I've, I've I've seen a couple of interviews where someone would suggest something and he instantly cut him off because I've worked with Drago a ton. He and I worked together straight three straight years, and then he he might not have told you guys this, but when the Iraq War started, he kind of vanished, and mm-hmm. he was in Iraq with the Grom. Yeah, and um, he would Brandon call. He would call that. SEAL Team Four and ask for me, yeah. and he's like, "I didn't tell them who I was." I'm like, "Who the fuck did they think it is? It's, it's you, dude." <laughs> I, don't I have heard the stories it. about the Grom <laughs> y- yeah. using English speaking to the Polish operators and then speaking Polish to the English oh, yeah. American oh, yeah. operators. Yeah, Drago was a genius. I remember. He's. A, I, I remember a story Brandon was telling us where he used to call back to the teams. He's like, "I need nods. We don't have nods." Yeah, he's, <laughs> he would do, so what do you, what do you, dude? What, what are we gonna do? Where yeah, are no, you? No, Drago to this day. I'm hopefully gonna get get together with him soon for a couple of fundraisers. But yeah, salt of the earth. All right. So, question from our copy editor, who's also a former Marine, uh, Christian Prosser. Who gave the interview to Esquire, Rob or Mark? Yeah, that was me. That's what I yeah. believed. Yeah. And um, and I had a very good relationship with the primary uh, author. 
but I was very young to the uh, media thing and mm. also never worked with a magazine like Esquire, so I wasn't happy with the way a lot of shit went down because uh, my point of that was trying to do it anonymously to say that there should be a retirement of like 12, 15, 20. I knew I wasn't getting a retirement, and it, just, it should change. And I used it to try to lobby Congress into helping vets retire. They kind of spun it into them. Oh, look at sure. me. I'm a victim. I, I remember that. Yeah, it sucked. So, I mean, I, and I still, Phil Bronstein was the author. I love the guy. Um, just, he didn't go. And the, uh, the title, the guy that killed Bin Laden is screwed. It's, I saw yeah. it the first time, like, you fucking kidding me right now? They took away from your message. Oh, it sucked. So to but that- but I, I'll tell you what, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fall down. You get up. Yeah, you learn from it. I just won't do that again. But, but to that point, I agree with you there a hundred percent that you shouldn't have to wait to twenty, especially no. in this day no. and age, to yeah. retire. You know why? Because there's guys that deploy ten fucking times. Yes, and they don't want to do twenty. They have seen so much yeah. death yeah. and so many of their yeah. buddies lost, and so much shit they're eating day in and day out that it becomes impossible it for them to do it their does. job. And they have to walk away because it affects them. One good thing about that Esquire article, though, it helped me launch my uh, foundation, Your Grateful Nation. And now we transition veterans to the private sector. Amazing. And we put six guys in last week uh, from, from the military to the private sector. We're talking managerial level shit. So that's, that's, that's some good that came out of So That's pop. a good transition. And what's the website? Your Grateful Your Grateful Nation. Nation.org. Got it. And all this can be found at robertjoneal.com. Robertjoneal.com. Yep. At Mikuya at on Mikuya. Twitter and Instagram. If you want to laugh your ass off or get some uh, real foreign policy, go to Or get Mikuya. offended if you're Oh, yeah. Oh, I can offend the triggered. shit out of you. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Joey Scazzari, um, Rob, what do you think about about the role that National Guardsmen play in the GWAT? They play a very incredible role because they're asked to, uh, you know, they're, they're working, uh, they're not full-time soldiers, and then they get asked to go out there, and they're doing straight-up bad, uh, not bad, but very, very dangerous stuff, especially in the Iraq War. They're, they're the guys in unarmored vehicles driving route Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, ballsy, craziness. ballsy. Yeah. And, and I tell people this, too. Like they, 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 they find it hard when I say there are guys in the National Guard with a more dangerous job than the operators at SEAL Team 6. Well, that and I, I'm not lying, mm-hmm. because we get to fight on our terms. We get to wait till the sun goes down. We'll, we'll come find you when you're sleeping. These dudes are out there. I mean, he, a, the, the I guys drive the, same thing. the first perimeter guard in Bayat back in 2005. I mean, you're wearing as much shit as you can because that suicide bomber's coming right to you. Yeah, and everybody knows, and anywhere anywhere you are, whatever country you're in, that Ford operating base, that consulate, that embassy, the worst place is the gate, the oh, drop oh, arm, that's the checkpoint. That's, that's the worst place. Because you got to figure, get a speeding vehicle. It could mm-hmm. be a confused mother. could be a suicide bomber. Are you going to shoot? Yeah. Oh, you kill her. Guess what? Leavenworth. But more so, these, these infantry personnel, and I tell people all the time... <laughs> Those are the hardest working guys no in war. No doubt hands about down. it. No doubt about it. I don't care how high up on the food chain you are as far as special operations. You are not putting in more work than, than that straight leg. S- straight up. Well, your, your no Leavenworth doubt. comment is a good transition to this next question uh, from Robert E. Murphy. We'll take a handful more of these because mm-hmm. they're, they're good they're questions. Good. Our True. audience hey, I like good great questions. stuff. Great stuff. Um, a lot of talk about rules of engagement. How have strict rules of engagement affected your service? It got to the point where it's putting soldiers, Marines, special operators in danger. Uh, because it, you, I remember in Iraq when we first started fighting, we had, we had uh, latitude. You can kill this many people if it kills a terrorist. And then it got to a point, right when I was leaving Afghanistan, getting in a gunfight, watching them run into a cave, trying to call in hellfires, and they w- you'd hear from someone 200 miles away burning his lips on coffee, which he probably got a purple heart for, saying, we're not saying there are women and children in that cave. We're just, we we can't prove they're not. Yeah. 
that so it, it got really really bad. And it's I don't need a I don't need one of my guys coming like when you get in CQB and you're in a live gunfight. Target identification is very, very fast. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering in that split second where you take the shot to the head because he might be wearing a vest, wait a minute, what if he's going to kill you? And it, you, it puts Americans in danger. And again, I have, a, I have a fun theory on rules of engagement. The guy that's writing him, as he's in the talk typing him up, they need to have at least two dudes with AK shooting at him as he's typing. Yeah. Just so he kind of gets a feel. He's like, all right, cool. Kill, <laughs> yeah. kill, kill him kill where him. they stand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to uh, transition here to YouTube because people are watching on both Facebook oh, cool. and YouTube. Uh, Aubrey Curtis. Hey, Rob, are you speaking at any events in your home state in the near future? I just gave a speech in Butte, Montana. Um, and I don't have any planned right now, but I usually get back up there. Uh, the only issue with saying on social media where I'm going to where and when I'm going to be is I need to front a couple grand for security. And are you dead. are you uh, open carrier in any? Of oh yeah, yeah. Or? I'm open carrier in all of them, and then even uh, here in New York. Oh yeah, that's tough. Job, nice. Thank you. Thank you. He doesn't know that. But I ain't shit. And this you know, dude's cool. been in the Bronx uh, his whole life. Yeah, we, <laughs> I ain't shit. I'm, I'm used oh, to he's it. been carrying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, no, not not in any Montana uh, in the near future. We just got back from there, so we're gonna. But I have a lot. Of, I'm speaking a lot around the country, so if you. Can find a place, show up, it'd be good. Is your is your licensee just a dumb question? You know, I'm sure they have the questions. Is your licensee? Did you get your licensing through DevGrew? No, no. Okay, this is something you did on your yeah. own, mm-hmm. civilian wise. Okay, and it's not a bad idea too to try to get deputized in Manhattan. Good job. I'm going to take a couple more, uh, and then we'll get into some stuff you wanted to, and yeah. you know we'll let you leave when you no, need no, to get no, out of I'm here. Good, I'm good. Um, yeah, we're chilling. David Johnson, <laughs> uh, hey Rob, what character traits should prospective SEAL candidates develop? It's always an honor to hear from you. Thank you for saying that. Uh, humility mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, don't listen to the loudmouth. Um, you're better than you realize. You don't need to project that, but just because someone's from somewhere else doesn't mean. They're better than you. And uh, the story that I always tell people, and this is a no-shitter, one of my favorite stories to tell, I'll get people to come up to me and they'll say, okay, I'm training to be a SEAL. What should I do to prepare? And I'll answer their question with a question. What are you doing to prepare? And they'll say, well, I'm taking cold showers every day to get used to it. I'm like, stop that right fucking now because you're – they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, let me me explain this to you. If if I told you in 30 days – I'm going to kick you in the nuts as hard as I can. And in order to get ready for it, every single day, your best friend kicked you in the nuts. Guess what? It's going to fucking suck when I do it. <laughs> so just embrace it when I do it. Don't, don't try to get used to the cold. Embrace the suck. So uh, don't, you know, take, cold, take warm showers when you can. Eat when you can. Sleep when you can. Stay humble. Do more pull-ups. The thing that your book showed me um, when I was reading through it, and I talked about this on, on the last time that you were here, is that you might not have every trait to become a Navy SEAL. And so the thing in your book, you talk about you were a great shooter, not not a swimmer. Yeah, you know, swimmer. it's much like Brandon Webb when he was in here, uh, had a lot of experience. Kind of like Brandon boat. Webb, a great shooter, not good looking. I'm good. <laughs> but had, had, that was a shot at Brandon for not being. <laughs> had a lot of experience, you know, on a boat, swimming, doing all oh, that. Oh, yeah, he totally Wasn't did. Wasn't yeah, really yeah, a yeah. shooter, became a sniper. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you develop mm-hmm. that if you have that mental toughness. Yeah, from yeah Brandon was say. born in the water. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he and he and he developed being a shooter. He became a sniper instructor, which is very impressive too. It's like you're you're gonna get to what you're going for. Just you can you can do anything that you yeah. want as long as you believe in yourself. That's it. And your and your team, you know, that helps helps out a Did lot. Did people too. think you were crazy that you're not only not a strong had, swimmer, you barely? I, know I didn't to know swim. how to, I could keep myself alive. I didn't know any strokes. And uh, I mean, some of the advice that I got, and I probably mentioned this last time, was before we started Hell Week, 
I mentioned instructor A in the book. He said, uh, you're about to go to, it's a mentality, you're about to go to war for the first time, and the enemy is all your doubts, all your fears, and everyone you know back home that told you you weren't good enough to do this. You know, keep your head down, keep moving forward, no matter what, never quit, you're going to be fine. Because the guys back in Montana, none of us mm-hmm. swim in Montana. They're like, you're joined to be a SEAL, there's no way you're going to make it, so I think of them. And all you got to do is, you know, try, try to keep your hips up, fin as hard as you can, and stay straight. And it worked. And my, I mean, go, even, even going through SEAL training, it was, um, I'm not going to quit, I'll probably not make it because of a swim, but I'm not going to quit. I'll just pass this swim and then whatever. And you pass that swim. Okay, but I'll pass that swim. I just want to clarify because I, I think it, it, it's an injustice to some of the people listening right now. It, they might misconstrue what you're saying is by not preparing for the misery and not preparing at all. It's a oh, difference. no, 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 no. It's if, a difference. If you, can, if you can do 20 pull-ups right now, get to 40. That's goddamn right. If, if, you, if, if you can run, if you can run a, a seven-minute mile, run a six-minute mile. Definitely get better. Just don't do unnecessary. Like, taking uh, yes. a cold shower is not going to the, help the, you. The misery is something that's deep down inside of you. That's, yes. that's something that's been said so many times before. There's, there's nothing to prepare you for something that you've never been through. No. A sense of humor will help. Mm-hmm. Laughing with your buddy, um, stuff like but that. But don't be the one that's not in shape. Oh, don't no, 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 no. do that. Definitely be yeah, oh, prepared prepare every way you can, yeah. except for the dumb shit. Yeah, that's right. And, and like little stuff too. Like don't don't run on the concrete and boots. You're mm-hmm. gonna get a chance. Run on tennis shoes. Get faster. Get mm-hmm. faster. Get that cardio up. That's exactly. It. Oh, get the cardio. The up. That's suck. The don't one. worry about the suck. The, the suck, suck is your drive. The suck comes that's naturally. You that's your yeah. mind. That's your mind. The suck is gonna come. And nobody owes you anything. Exactly. Here's another on uh, YouTube. Hey, Rob, uh, how difficult was sniper school compared to Bud's and Green Team? Sniper school was a different animal because it uh, it that's another one that's hard to prepare for until you get taught. You got like keeping memory games. You've got the hard, what I found the most difficult sniper school was uh, stalking. Because I grew up hunting, it's very hard. I grew up hunting, so I thought I was air. I was arrogant. Oh, I know how to camouflage myself. No, you don't. And so, you, so you've got trained snipers looking at you, and you've got to learn the way. And this is where you learn in life how to how do I ask questions? Find a sniper and ask him, um, "What did you do? How do you do this? How do you set it up? What does it look like?" Um, so it, it was it was that was a hard course. I, I forget how long seal was seal sniper like nine weeks or ten weeks. Oh, it's almost um, just as long as ours. Well, it was designed off of yours. Okay. Yeah, Carlos Hathcock designed Navy SEAL Sniper. No shit. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he, he designed it. And it, was, it, oh, it was hard. Bad motherfucker. Right? Oh, yeah, the baddest. I mean, yeah, Well, not the baddest, well, but up there. Well, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's the one ever aspired to be. And then yeah, a lot of I us, mean, <laughs> he inspired me, you know, but then as you go in, you yeah. start learning. And like, he was motherfuckers talk, like Greg, talk about you learn Greg, motherfuckers yeah, like yeah, that. You're yeah. like, oh, that's a bad well, motherfucker. Greg, don't think that Greg didn't learn from Carlos. I mean, the yeah. same school. Oh, exactly. We're all inspired. Yeah, but I mean, the difference stuff, too. And, and you know, some, too, that I tell the young kids, too, is, is um, don't forget about math. Yeah. You need to know math. And I, I was talking, like I said, at the high school last week in Montana, and I, I shouldn't have said this because I'm talking high school because I was, you know, hey, chemistry and all that other shit, fuck that. Learn <laughs> math and English and physics, and you're going to do stuff. <laughs> you know what's one thing I wanted to ask you? Unless you're going to be a chemist. Sorry, chemist. Um, <laughs> yeah. Learn chemistry, but... Cook meth. No. <laughs> what was that line I heard? In hey, Mexico. by the way, if, if, the, if, the dude, if the dude dealing you meth uh, has all his teeth, he's a cop. <laughs> I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> It was a meme, I said. You don't eat yogurt. <laughs> so in your book, you, you talked about getting out. And then you talked about being faced with the reality of your disposition on getting out. You weren't a retired one. Yep. And we talked about this. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a, your degree. Nope. You were fresh from fucking high school. You didn't have no real world experience. Yeah. 
Where are you now with that? Well, now it's again with my um, foundation, your Grateful Nation. The, the the whole reason that we did that was because um, I learned stuff in the Navy that prepared me for the private sector, which is um, a lot of these employers. They're tired of people coming out of college with a degree but no loyalty. Yeah. And that's why your Grateful Nation is so successful because a lot of veterans, they have all these traits. And, and a lot of these companies say, we, um, we're gonna, we want those traits. We'll teach you the job. And we've got a 98%, your Grateful Nation, 98% on, uh, not attrition but promotion rate because of the people we're sending them. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you learn in the military. You, you get these skills. You can't teach in a classroom. Exactly. I, I, I gave a speech to a bunch of professors the other day, and I said, I said let's get something straight right now. Um, saying you have experience because you went to college is like saying you're not hungry because you memorized the menu. Mm. You got to get out there and do it. And especially war combat. Fans, yeah, exactly. They have those skills. And uh, so I'm in a place now where I'm, I'm able to talk foreign policy on Fox news, not because I got a degree, but I've been to 80 countries. Yeah. I've talked course. to the locals. I've lived with the locals. I've, I've purchased houses in Jalalabad. I, I want to take one more question from the audience and then we'll get back to your no, stuff. No worries, go on. Uh, I mean, we have a ton of them, but I figured this is one good last one. And one book that both of you could answer, sure. honestly, uh, Andrew Thurston, what is your favorite rifle that a civilian can own? Good question. I'm a huge fan of the uh, the AR-15. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot semi-automatic, I like the AR-15. Um, I just I'm so familiar with the operating system. Uh, if you're gonna hunt anything, uh, probably a, a, a 300 Win Mag. Jason, hands down. Depending on what you're using it for, I agree with him wholeheartedly on both. Like if it's home defense, if it's just getting down and fucking grinding meat, AR-15. Because there's so many parts for it so many aftermarket kits for it that you can buy um the round can be found anywhere in the world i mean it is the all around it's a petroleum the petroleum jelly of weapons home defense though yeah any pump action shotgun that's true too. and because and and don't keep one in the pipe because you want to make that deterrent no preference though in terms uh remington but um, <laughs> Benelli for but but the, you need that sound yeah. because I don't give a fuck who it's you all, are. A if I'm if, yeah. if if I was breaking into a house with an with like a, an H and K four sixteen and I heard that, I'm leaving. It's loud. It's nasty. It's la- it's, and everyone knows what it is. You, yeah. you don't mistake that sound. It's like I didn't tell you, you. You don't have to be accurate with a twelve. Oh no. Huh. Yeah. Hey, so Especially in close quarters. Before we get to some stuff you wanted to ask, you know what I think is kind of cool, and I mentioned this on I've mentioned this before on on previous podcasts with both of you, but like. I'm looking at you right now. You have the 9-11 commemoration tattoo yes. on your arm. And then I look at Jason, who's got, which, you know, what is the um, statue of oh, Saddam yeah. there? And it's cool because it's like there's so much history that is cool. between both of you in we the took room. It down. We took it down. You were there when the Saddam statue was taken down, and you were there for the killing of Osama yep. bin Laden. I mean, just such amazing history. And I think it's kind of cool that you guys have commemorated that. I mean, if you don't already know, Jason's a tattoo artist, so it's like, I think that's a that's a pretty cool thing to be able to commemorate. It, it, to me, it's just my Rosetta Stone. You know what I mean? Something that if someone was to exhume my body when I was dead, <laughs> they, I mean, there's no just fucking look at my ink and you know where the hell I've been. You know? I mean, I, I don't know. That's just the way I see it. You know, I I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, I was. <laughs> that's a good line. 
<laughs> no, my, mine just started off as a small one, and then it just turned into you know staying in the Navy for a while and getting more and more, and just it turned into like all career stuff. Have you ever gotten tattooed by a sniper though? No. You might oh, have what's to... up, bro? Okay, when we do it, <laughs> I can't. I can't ASAP. do it tonight. But <laughs> no. I'll, I'll whenever you fly back in, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, come on, you. I don't want to say where you live now because you know it's probably people. <laughs> Fuck that. I want to ask, man. You know, on that note, it, 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 hold on. Let me finish my thought. I didn't want to say where he lives because it's probably people uh, after him. Anyway, so segue to. Are they people after you? I don't bro? know. Um, I get a lot of help with uh, some federal agencies that monitor um, social media. They and do it just because they want they're to. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, good and shit, bro. and and uh, I've got personal security, my own stuff that I don't I don't get into ever. Um, you know, we we know we don't we don't say exactly where nah, we live, cool. but no, we're, I mean we're good. And I got I got dudes that I'm just texting one of them right America now. America taking care, you know, you got yeah, enough oh, money yeah, to take yeah, care of those yeah, guys protecting yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah all that they're stuff. good. My security guys are great. Uh, everywhere I go, I do uh, an advance and have. Local law enforcement and they're awesome. Bro, you local need cops it. are but local cops are the best. Especially like around New York, DC. Uh, nah, they don't play no games. You, no, they don't you, fuck you around. Know, in New York, I'll tell you what, I, New York you City. Feel, you feel safe over here, don't you? Oh, absolutely. You? Sixty thousand police officers yeah, and they're sixty thousand patriots. Sixty thousand dudes that, that still have a little bit of a beef. They they, they want to fuck somebody up. Yeah, because yeah. oh, they want to do I, their NYPD. Work. NYPD had nothing but love. Tell you know, growing up, I had you know my problems with them, but that was also self-inflicted because I grew up on the wrong side, sure. you know, and obviously, you know, I had my run-ins with them, but now being that I'm where I'm at now, you know, I get so much support from NYPD. Oh, sure. NYPD. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Like, and it's so crazy to me right now because those are the guys that to this day in my own fucking city, I could probably relate to more. No, that's guys yeah, that I grew that's, up with. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's true. That's true. Because every day they're putting their life on the line, every and, day. and they'll do it day in and day out. So I can see why you feel comfortable over here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, extent. I love New York. Love it. And that's good. That's good. And you know what? And I'll tell anybody that thinks you don't need it, fuck off. He needs it. This guy fucking killed <laughs> Osama bin Laden. You know how many punk ass cowards are out there no, trying to take you know a shot at you? You know what's messed up too is it's not even the uh, the jihadi. It's the guy that wants fifteen minutes. Yeah. That, that, that fucking the, weirdo the, the, that drove the fucking, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking the what was radical. it, the Home Depot car well, into the, the fucking it's the bike lane. That, it's the dude that it's gets that out of prison weirdo. after being radicalized from this Benghazi guy. Yeah. Hey, I can, this would be my mission now because I'm... Yeah, you're barking up the wrong tree. You're going to yeah. get murdered. I'm well, I did have a, a... I had a buddy of mine that did an interview one time, uh, uh, Andy Stump. Don't fuck with Rob. And I'm they telling asked, you right now. They asked him... Uh, <laughs> What about the risk to your family? And he said, anyone that comes to my house to fuck with, fuck with my family, come get some. Ooh. Just come get some. Ooh. Love that line. Yeah, Andy's a bad dude. I don't think you guys are ready. <laughs> They're not ready. They're not fucking ready. So. Yeah, it is a thought, but it's not, no, it's not, it's not going to run, ruin or run my life. So That's, that's no. pretty, it's pretty crazy. And I can imagine the weight you have on your shoulders. You know, I, I, I don't know. To me, it's like, I would often stand aside from myself and just look back and say, fuck, I'm that guy. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, how many I, moments have you had like I, that? I've made, I've made peace with it. It's you know, it's it, it's, crazy. Yeah, it is what it is. I was a part of a team, and I turned the corner nah, at the right fuck time. That. that was destiny, bro. <laughs> you were bred for that shit. You was meant for that, man. You know, oh, seriously, I gotta tell you, man. Your book, hands down. No, I'm happy you liked it. That's awesome. You had a co-author, right? No, or this is just no. I, I was able to work with. Uh, I, I I had help from Tom Schroeder. Okay. I had help with uh, a lot of editors from uh, from Scribner. But uh, that's my a lot of stuff that I was writing. A lot of my. Uh, I will uh, say this: you you strategically humbled yourself in the book. But I will say this from the outside looking in: you didn't have to. And that's just me. I, well, I, I, I could Thank cut you. straight through it. You're a bad motherfucker, man. And just anybody that wants to see the path or the blueprint. 
to getting to where this man is. And, and like he said, okay, the shooting of the Osama bin Laden, that's not something you could plan for, guys, okay? You, that's just, that's one of those things we talked about, right place, right time, mm-hmm. you know, um, or we call it ro- right place, wrong time, yeah, because, right you know, ain't time. nobody wants to be in a fucking firefight, but you're there and you wound up doing Yeah, things. that's what messed up things people think they want to until they get one. Until they get it. Until I mean, they, one, yeah. of the, one of the best memes you see on the internet, too, is, is everybody wants to be a gangster until it's time to do gangster, gangster shit. shit. And I love that. That's, that's one of my favorite fucking serious, memes. That's serious, though. That's and very it's true. serious. It's, that shit's scary. It's it's very fucking true. Yeah. I think, it, I think it, Jason just wants to get a quote it's on scary, your second it's, book. It's scary until you <laughs> no, start to like man, it. I'm serious. Like I, I've read a lot of fucking books, and no, like, I know you reading are, reading. I read a lot because of the show, and and reading his book is like, man, you're 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 up there with the guys that you praise. Like anybody that's gotten to the level you got into and then done the things you've done, man. I mean, you were present during the fucking um, the Captain Phillips whole yeah. situation. Like you were there living in that moment. M- mind you, you probably weren't in the situation, but that was your space and time. Well, I, was that was your I was the lead jumper. I that's my point. But that, was, but that was your bubble. You were oh, in yeah. there. You, mm-hmm. you, you, weren't, you weren't Johnny with the kill, but you were there. Oh, yeah. And then... Osama bin Laden, you were there. Oh yeah, and then all that other fucking shit, fucking leading up to this moment, like you were there, and it was a perfect transition into where you are, you know, at, to this day. I, I think honestly, it's it's pretty overwhelming for me to sit here next to someone like this. Well, I, I got to tell you Thank that. You. Thank you. All right, you 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 one of the guys I look up to and say oh, you a bad a motherfucker. This that is a bad that. motherfucker Thanks, right here. God, they invalidate. Awesome, man. Well, this couldn't have been better. Great interview. Uh, we appreciate the Great questions, questions from you too, guys. everybody. Thank you. Um, anything big that you're promoting right now? I, I know, as you said, um, your foundation. If My you foundation, yourgratefulnation.org. I'm obviously uh, promoting the book, The Operator. Which is still doing amazing. It's doing so well. It's doing, it's doing really well. And I read the audio. So if. Uh, Oh, it's your voice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading the audio yeah, on mine, so, by yeah. the way. For those of you guys who <laughs> it's good. That, doing that, it, that takes dude, time. That no, takes time. dude, the first the first guy that read my audio book destroyed it. I say this to this day. I don't give a fuck. He butchered it. And well, I, how many people could sound like Jason Delgado? Well, yeah, no, that's, but, that's, yeah, you, and, and, yeah, but you, a lot of people brought up that to. point. He was at a disadvantage from the beginning because he's some white dude with an accent. <laughs> he's not a Puerto Rican guy from the Bronx. <laughs> so, uh, um, turns out, I went in. I read the first chapter last week, um, and it was just going to be that. And then somebody else is going to read it. After that, they were like, dude, you need to read the yeah. whole book. And, and it takes right. time. Yes. When you read the preface on the podcast, yeah. I, I, you thought it was pretty. And they I thought, thought the same awesome. thing over at the, uh, yeah. the the publisher. So What I learned reading the book, too, is just slow down and like open your mouth wider mm-hmm. than you think it needs to be. And they can hear everything yeah. you say. And just but and you're going to read. You're, I mean, you read the whole book. Well, but the best thing yeah. is you get to emphasize yeah, 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 the things you, you want to emphasize. You put what you need to be there. Like the story with the dude with the RPG in the back. Some other dude can't say that. It's comical as shit, dude. Like when I read it out. I laughed. I died. I think people were staring at me in my tattoo shop. Like, what the fuck's he laughing at? Like, I couldn't even explain it to them. Like, dude, this guy literally died and didn't die. And then not a scratch on him. Not He's a missing, missing a hat. It's like some Looney Tunes shit. So the website is uh, robertjoneill.com. Robert J. O'Neill, O-N-E-I-L-L. Thanks to Shaquille, that name has been butchered. <laughs> and uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, Mikuya. at Mikuya. Yeah. I can't say enough that we appreciate you coming back sure, in, it's man. Great I mean, to it be was here. an honor to we're have all, you We're going to do it again. There's always going to be stuff the, to talk about. Yeah, the fact that you're, you know, slowly becoming a regular on the show. We no, that's it. good. That's good. I like to. And, and you're in New York City, so it just yeah, makes sense. Certainly. Cool. Anything else before you get out of here, man? I think that that's you want to get to the audience, or what know, are there's, any, a, there's any, a lot of those aspiring seals out there who listen to this. Yeah, and I'm sure. Know, I'm sure. Know, it's what point? What, what's like that one last pointer you can give them? I guess. Um, I cannot stress positivity enough. I cannot stress um, 
even with the generations now coming up through high school, whatever, the cyberbullying bullshit, just don't even have a part of it. Um, that negativity because it's going to feed into your head and you're going to start to believe the nonsense. Surround yourself with positive people. Believe in yourself. And uh, you just, I mean, don't get negative back. Like People want to see something, some negative come, they will get negative back. Just get away from that shit and um, do more pull-ups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do a hell of a lot more pull-ups. And they say, which kind? Like, all of them. All of them. <laughs> just pull, pull yourself up to something and then pull yourself down and then do it again. Do nice. it 40 times. Just Learn like. how to manage your own weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what's up. If you have long arms, I'm sorry. So do I. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thanks, yeah, Rob. Thanks you're welcome, so much. Man. Thanks, brother. Wrapping things up here as a reminder for all of those who are listening for a limited time, you can receive a 50% discounted membership to SoftRep TV, our channel that offers the most exclusive shows, documentaries, and interviews covering the most exciting military content today. SoftRep TV's premier show, Training Cell, follows former Special Operations Forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country. Everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, climbing, and much more. Again, you can watch this content by subscribing to SoftRep TV at softreptv.us and take advantage of a limited-time offer Fifty percent off your membership now at only four ninety nine a month. And if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the SoftRep Crate Club, you're definitely going to want to do that asap. It's a subscription to get a box of badass tactical and survival gear delivered to your door every month. Here's the kicker: all the gear is handpicked and tested by former special ops guys, so you know you're getting quality gear that's going to work when you need it to. Crates we've sent in the past have included gear like custom knives, multi-tools, fire starters, EDC med kits, and other kick-ass stuff. You don't just get great gear with your subscription. You're also supporting a veteran-owned and run company. Uh, We had the Team Room event earlier this year in Vegas in January. I haven't really heard um, the update on what we're doing. Uh, I know that Jim West is doing that special... uh, event at Emmett O'Looney's bar fighting class from Jim West. Doesn't get cooler than that. So if you're in New York City and you're a Crate Club member, you probably got the email blast sent out. Um, But I'm actually not sure about what's going on in Vegas. As soon as I do, I'll let you guys know. But to subscribe and start getting your gear, visit CrateClub.us. We also have gift options available. That's CrateClub.us. As for Ian Scotto and Jason Delgado, signing out. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. For all of the great content from our veteran journalists, join us and become a Team Room member today at softrep.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio. And be sure to also check out the Power of Thought podcast, hosted by Hurricane Group CEO and Navy SEAL sniper instructor, Brandon Webb.